It's football time in the Mid-South. Live on the Mighty 990, your home for the Briarcrest Saints. It's the Magnolia Homes pregame show. Magnolia Homes, live life well. Now, from the Mighty 990 Broadcast Center, here's Josh Rivera. Welcome to Week 7 for Friday Night Lights here in Memphis. And tonight, Josh Davis and Parker May, they're live at Stoke Stadium as the Briarcrest Christian Saints visit the Memphis University School Owls. This is the Mighty 990 pregame show sponsored by Magnolia Homes. Live life well. We're back, guys, for week seven of football. It's crazy how fast the time has gone by already almost in October tomorrow. Uh, you know, the playoffs are starting to come around the corner. The weather's getting a little cold. It's really exciting as, you know, football's starting to get a lot more serious uh, as we get closer to those playoffs. Briarcrest, though, they're going to be on the road playing against division rivals Memphis University School, MUS. Uh, you know, they're getting back. They got back to the win column last week. They beat, they beat Wooddale 42-6. to And I remember the game was just two hours long. Game was relatively over. Was over relatively quickly. And, you know, they now they have an even record. You know, these last games are they're important because of the playoff implications. You can't risk continuing to drop. They haven't even won a single division game yet. Uh, but you know, this is this is a good thing for Bradcrest though, getting that win under their belt uh, to get get some rhythm going. You know, they're going to be playing a rival in MUS. Um, and it's good because you know they 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 kind of overcame the 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 one of the main points that I told them uh, that I said that they should have, and one of those main points was you know getting an, an established lead early in the game, particularly in the first half. And you know they went four consecutive games where they were down at the half. They had to rally back, and it only happened uh, you know it only worked one time against Houston. If you remember back in like one of the first games of the season uh, early on in the year, you know they they came back against Houston. They were able to pull that off, but then in the next three against Brentwood, Desoto. Christian Brothers, you know they weren't able to pull off on that one. You know, luckily they had an easier opponent in Wooddale. You know, get some, get get a win under your belt. Uh, you know, after a three-game losing streak. Uh, but you know, again, this is you know a team in Wooddale that wasn't that great to begin with. Uh, but a win is still a win. Tonight, though, they're going to be put to the test again. They're going to be looking for two wins in a row so, uh, for the first time since August as they visit division rivals, uh, the Owls. You know, Briarcrest has actually fall, fallen off a lot of rankings. You know, last year they were 9-1 and one in the regular season. They won nine of those straight. So this isn't the same team necessarily, but this is a team that did beat MUS in a thrilling 30-28 to 28 game. So, you know, there there is something there for Briarcrest to kind of, you know, look, you know look, look at that they can reference and say, you know what, we've beat these guys before. We can beat them again. Uh, even though the season hasn't been, you know, to our standard. Uh, and even though they had beat them last year, history is more on the side of the Owls. You know, they beat the Saints 36 out of the last 43, 36 out of 43 all-time total games. So, you know, history is more on MUS. You know, they, they've won more of the overall games. Uh, but I think Bradcrest, you know, they're kind of hanging their hats on, well, we won last year, so we can win it again. Uh, and if you look at Bradcrest, again, they've they've lost both games against teams in their division already. That's Brentwood and Christian Brothers. So they don't want to fall to an 0-3 hole in the division, uh, you know, and this is going to be a big test for Bradcrest. It's going to look a little bit deeper into the Owls, though. You know, the Owls, they secured head coach Bobby Alston's 200th career victory last week when they played Ridgeway during their homecoming. So congratulations to Coach Bobby Alston. I know he's looking for his 201st victory tonight. Um, but, you know, they've had some big games. Uh, they've had, they're going to have some big games in the final stretch of the season. They're gonna, they still have to play Christian Brothers, and they still have to play Brentwood. So, again, this is this is really big for the Owls because right now they're 1-1 one one in the division. Uh, they could secure one of the top three seeds uh, with this win. And, of course, if they continue uh, winning against their other division team. So this is a really big game with really big implications. And some of the keys I have for Briarcrest to, to win, uh, some of the things I want to get into is, you know, this this game matters. 
And, you know, for Bratcrest, your next two division games are against St. Benedict and the top division seed at Endsworth. So this is a must-win game uh, for both, but especially for Bratcrest, who's had kind of a rough start in their season. They have to secure that early lead, and I don't want to sound like a broken record, and I won't sound like a broken record. You already know what I want them to do. Just get that lead in the first half. You know, don't be in a deficit to start the game. Uh, get some momentum going, uh, and that's going to help you out in the long run. Uh, limit turnovers, and this is the big one. Limit Hudson Schof for MUS. You know, he's actually one of their best defensive players. He averages over 10 tackles per game, three sacks. So if you can limit him, I think you have a really good shot of making something happen tonight uh, over there in MUS. And for MUS, they also have kind of a weaker passing game. Look at their averages. You know, they average lower passing yards per game than the national average, which is at 73. Or they average 73 passing yards. The national average is 113. So if you exploit that by pressuring the quarterback, you force them to throw the football. Uh, I think that's something that you know you can you can expect to work out a little bit better uh, this season, especially for Briarcrest. But guys, when we come back, I definitely want to talk to John Varlis. Of course, you all know him as the high school sports reporter for the Daily Memphian. I have him on every week because he's a great source. I think he's a great person to talk to about some high school football in Memphis. Got a lot of questions for him. Uh, particularly about a lot of the games that happened last week. I'm not going to tease too much, but I will say, Germantown, they're beatable. They lost their first game of the season last year, last week, and I didn't think they'd actually lose a game, but they did, and I definitely want to get into that with him and a bunch of other games as well. We're going to take a break, guys, and when we come back again, we have John Varley, so stick around for that. We'll be right back with these messages. Now, back to the Magnolia Homes pregame show with Josh Rivera. Welcome to the pregame show here at the Mighty 990 Studios, and we have Briarcrest facing off against MUS. We're going to pivot a little bit, waiting on that call from John. I'm going to talk to him in just a little bit. We're going to talk some football, but I want to get to some games that are actually happening uh, tonight, really big games. Uh, we have, uh, we're going to start out here with uh, Collierville and Germantown. This is one of the battles of the schedules I was talking about. You know, They're going to be playing Whitehaven, uh, and uh, you know this is going to be six games in a row where they've won for Collierville. Um, you know, they've held three teams scoreless this season. And actually, I think we have John on the phone right now. Hey, John. Uh, hey, is this John? Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. John, I'm so happy you're able to join the show. And, uh, you know, of course, our listeners are happy to listen to you as well. How are you doing? I'm doing good, buddy. Sorry, I was relocating my seat in the press box when you called. But I'm good now. <laughs> How's everything going for you guys? Uh, everything's going good. I'm, I'm glad you're able to, you know, join the show. And I want to get right into it. You know, last week, uh, huge games. Uh, that happened, and for me, the ones that stuck out was Houston and Germantown, and Houston did what no other team could this season so far, taking them down, uh, who was undefeated at the time. What did you learn about Germantown, and what did you learn about Houston? Well, I, I learned, I think for starters, I learned that Houston is, is really, really good. I think one thing that about Houston is, you know, which makes them a tough team to beat, is they're just really solid in all phases of the game. They can make it run, which they obviously did really well against Germantown. They can, they can throw it. You know, their their defense is generally pretty good. They've got good special teams, well-coached. So I just think this is going to be a really tough team to beat going forward. And in terms of Germantown, you know, obviously they've played a really tough schedule to this point. And to still, you know, to still be 5-1 and one, I think is, is a testament to them. I think they still need to figure out a way to get that offense going and, and kind of match what the defense has done so far this year. But obviously, you know, if they can do that and, and you know, they have a good chance tonight against Collierville, you know, the, the, the sky is still the limit for Germantown as well. 
Yeah, and that's exactly, uh, that's what was my next question. I was leaning into is Collierville and Germantown. It's going to be such a fascinating game because of their records. And I think the storylines attached, you know, look at Collierville, they've won all their games against losing records, basically in Germantown. You know, they've had a lineup of really impressive quality wins. To you, which team has more of an advantage tonight? Well, like like you say, I mean, you, you make a good point about Collierville's schedule. When I, I think when I look at this game, I look at quarterback play. And I think Collierville probably has an advantage there with Aiden Glover, who's been outstanding this year. Um, I also think Collierville might have an advantage on the line of scrimmage as well with the O-line. So I think they'll be able to move the ball against Germantown. You know, even though Germantown is really good defensively, I think Collierville will be able to move the ball. I think they'll be able to put some points up on the board. And, you know, and, I, and, and again, like I said a few minutes ago, it's going to be incumbent on, on Germantown's offense to try to find a way to score. I think if they could do that, you know, they certainly have a chance. But, you know, I, I like Collierville in this, in this game, especially being at home. All right. Well, how – and I want to talk about some Briarcrest too because they have a big game against MUS. Uh, it's a big division rivalry. How important is this win for Briarcrest and MUS, and, and what are the implications for the playoffs uh, for them? Well, I think I think for Briarcrest, it's, it's pretty much a must win at this point because they haven't won a region game yet. And, um, you know, we're getting, we're getting towards the second half of the season, and – you know, obviously, if you're a Briarcrest fan and those those guys over there, the season has not unfolded, you know, necessarily the way they thought it would. And you know, they right now they're they're kind of on the outside looking in, so they have to figure out a way to pick up a win tonight against against MUS, and, and they really can't afford to step up anymore in the region going forward. Yeah, and you know, and I'm just curious. That was my last question. Which game are you at tonight? I'm at Collierville. Yeah, okay, cool. Collierville, Germantown, definitely going to be looking forward to get those reports. That's going to be a really big game. John, thank you again for joining the show, and you know, I'm glad I was able to talk to you again. Yeah, always, Josh. You guys take care. Have a great night. All right. Well, that was John Varlis. He was, of course, the high school sports reporter for the Daily Memphian. And guys, you know, this is, again, this is really, really important for Briarcrest to pull out a win here. Again, like he said, it's a must-win game. I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, they haven't won a single division game. So really big game for them, really big game games for a lot of people. And I'm going to get into those games uh, when I come back. And I want to thank our sponsor here for the pregame show, Magnolia Homes, Live Life Well. When we come back, again, I'm going to go deeper into some of these, a lot of these games that I think are really, really, really key tonight uh, as we inch closer to the end of the season and, of course, the playoffs. We'll have all of that, guys, when we come back with this break. Welcome to the pregame show here at uh, the Mighty 990 Studios. This is the pregame show sponsored by Magnolia Homes, Live Life Well. And of course, I just told you I, I want to talk about some of the games that are happening tonight. Uh, really big games, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, one of those games that I definitely want to, I want you know, I only talked about it for a second before John called. And I want to get more into depth with this one. Germantown and, uh, and Collierville, this is the battle of the schedules, in my opinion. You look at Germantown, you know, uh, they beat Whitehaven last week, 26-21. to 21. So that's six wins in a row. They're undefeated. They've held three teams scoreless. But, you know, the biggest problem with Collierville that I've had, the, the only reason why I haven't really put them as my top team in Memphis is because they've had a really easy schedule. And they just look at all their wins. They've played Wooddale. They're still, uh, they haven't still won a game. They're 0-6. They played Douglas. They're 1-5. White Station, 1-5. Center Hill, 1-4. and four. Cordova, 1-4. and four. And Whitehaven, 2-4. and four. I mean, this is just to reiterate, you know, when I say they've had an easy schedule, I literally mean that every team they've played has, has had a losing record. But this is, without question, their toughest game of the season. This game determines how good they actually are as a team. And if the 6-0 record justifies the Dragons as a top three football team in Memphis. And speaking of top three football team in Memphis, you look at Germantown. In my opinion, they've been a top three team 
in Memphis. They've had the most impressive five-game stretch in Memphis. You look at their five, some of their wins. They've beaten Christian Brothers, MUS, Whitehaven when they actually were pretty good, and Bartlett. You know, they've been in the top three discussion for many weeks, and for many, they've been the best team for a lot of people in Memphis. However, last week they were showed, you know, they actually are beatable. They they lost to Houston 35 to 24. I didn't even see that one coming. I really thought they were going to pull off against Houston, but they didn't. And uh, you know, Germantown's going to look to slay the unbeaten Colville Dragons. <clears throat> Excuse me. They are trying to right the wrongs of a loss <clears throat> that slipped through the fingers last week and reclaim the spot in the top 3. Houston and Bartlett, excuse me for that, sorry. Houston and Bartlett, 5-1, and one, Bartlett 4-2. Houston last year, they had a 6-5 and five overall record. They started 3-2 and two in the first five games. They had a big improvement as this year they're now 5-1 and one with their biggest win against Germantown. You know, again, who was undefeated at the time. Damon CC carried the Mustangs last week against Germantown, rushing for 234 yards, four touchdowns, and they kept feeding him the ball, and he finished with 38 carries. So really impressive game with Damon Cisa. He basically won the game for them against Bartlett. And, you know, the secret weapon for me is Brock Weiss. He's the 6'10 receiver. He's been playing really, really great for them. And this is Brock Weiss. Let me just shed a little light on Brock Weiss for you for a sec. You know, he was actually a basketball player. He took off a year in, in I think, his sophomore year, he took off so he could focus on basketball. And he's just kind of been there for, for Houston this year. It's just kind of like a plug and play, you know, just you know, go out there when you need him the most because he's going to give you a lot of production uh, and he's just really impressive for this team. So he's my secret weapon for them. Uh, and you look at Bartlett, this is a much needed win uh, because they, they, they got a big win against, you know, White Station last week. Uh, although they did drop the game prior to Germantown, uh, you know, still a very impressive uh, Bartlett Panther team that, you know, they had a 6-4 and four record last year. Now remember, this is the same team that shocked Memphis when they actually beat Lausanne early in the season. They're still capable of pulling something crazy tonight for sure. I think if any team is able to beat Houston, Bartlett's shown that they can win some really, really tough games. One game I want to highlight that actually was played yesterday is Melrose and Craigmont. And Melrose actually won that game. You know, look at Melrose. They, they had four straight wins to start the season, which is a really big improvement from last year when they started the season two and three in the first five games. And unfortunately, the, the, the winning streak did fall short last week against Haywood. But again, Haywood is a really great team. Uh, so, you know, I, I still give Melrose a lot of credit. And if you want to talk about credit, you know, look at their record against Craigmont. They're 18 and two all time against them. They they played them last night for the big win, uh, and now they're a five and one record. You know, prior, and you know, although that was kind of bad for Craigmont, the good news is prior to last night's game, they were six and zero undefeated for the first time since 1996, and they've actually secured their first winning season since 2014. You know, when they went seven and four. And one of the last games that I definitely want to highlight as a as, as a big match tonight is Christian Brothers and Brentwood. Uh, you know, they're going to be playing a really big Nashville powerhouse team in Brentwood Academy. And Christian Brothers made the playoffs every year since 2000. You know, a win over the Eagles would really jump this team in the standings, give them a boost to finish off the regular season. And they'll be playing MUS next week, too. Big rivalry game uh, there. This win would be a huge momentum boost if they can pull it off against Brentwood. But when you look at Brentwood, you know they're undefeated against all three teams that they've played from Memphis. You look at Briarcrest, they got to win. Whitehaven, they got to win. And, of course, St. Benedict, they got to win. So that game is going to be really, really key, I think, tonight. Um, and then I'm just going to skim through some of these notable headlines. Mumford and Brighton. Mumford looking to remain undefeated. Right now they're 6-0. Covington and Dyersburg. Covington 4-1. They'll be playing a 3-3 three three Dyersburg team. Lausanne. They're trying to get back to that top three standing in, 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 the, in the rankings. They're playing 3-3 three three ECS. 
MASE, they're five and zero. One of the top teams in Memphis. They're playing Westwood, who's one and five. Fairly six and zero. They're trying to improve to seven and zero. They'll be playing MLK Prep, who's one and five. You also have Whitehaven and Arlington. Whitehaven two and four, and Arlington is kind of bounced back. They're four and two this season. Uh, Millington three and three. They'll be playing Ripley, who's also three and three. And then finally North Point, who's four and one, who's actually starting to climb up in a lot of people's standings. They're four and one. They'll be playing St. George's, who is two and four. And then a couple Mississippi key notable games: Desoto Central two and three. They'll be playing Horn Lake, who's still searching for their first win. They're zero and four. South Panola three and one. They'll be playing Olive Branch, who's four and one. That'll be a big Mississippi game. And then of course the undefeated South Haven team will be playing Hernando, who's three and two. So that just gives you an idea of some of the big games going around in Memphis. I think we have a great night of football, of course, headlining with uh, here at the Mighty 990 Studios, Briarcrest and MUS. Briarcrest looking to jump back in, uh, improving to over 500. Right now they're 3-3, three and three, and MUS looking to improve into a 5-2 and two record. Right now they're 4-2. and two. Really big division rivalry match tonight. But guys, that's going to do it tonight here at the Mighty 990 Studios uh, for the pregame show. And again, I want to thank our pregame sponsor, Magnolia Homes, Live Life Well. We're going to go to a commercial break. When we come back, I'm going to throw it right to Josh Davis and Parker May. They're going to give you some pregame analysis of their own ahead of tonight's matchup against the MUS Owls. Guys, thank you for listening to the pregame show here in the Mighty 990 Studios. I'll see you at the halftime show. Live on the Mighty 990 KWAM, it's football time in Memphis. We're the Briarcrest Saints, powered by EPM Appraisals, evaluating property in the Mid-South. Briarcrest football, built on a firm foundation of faith, excellence, tradition, perseverance, teamwork, Christ-centered athletes of character. That's who we are. We are Briarcrest. Let's play some football. Now, live from high atop Clayton Field in the Ray Mullins Press Box, the Mighty 990 presents your Game of the Week. Here's Josh Davis and Parker May. Okay, so we are high atop Hall Dobbs Field at Stoke Stadium where tonight the Briarcrest Saints will take on the MUS Owls. Briarcrest comes in tonight with a record of 3-3 three and three, MUS. At four and two. Hello, everybody. My name is Josh Davis. I'm being joined by Parker May and Parker. So Briarcrest had a big win last week, a big homecoming win over Wooddale. What do they need to do tonight to uh, get this victory against MUS? Yeah, great bounce back win, a much needed win last week for homecoming over Wooddale. And tonight, Josh, my keys to the game for the Saints to get a huge region victory is get off the field on third down early in region play. We've seen them struggle against that, especially against Christian Brothers. Control the time possession. MUS loves to run the football. They're on the football 75% of the time. Make the game easy for Blake Clarkson. We'll get the second start of the season tonight. Cade Carlson still out with a back injury. And then win the turnover battle. Both these teams are very good at forcing turnovers. So whoever forces the most turnovers tonight will have a great advantage in tonight's game. And, yeah, and, you know, Parker, I know that uh, you're there at the school all week, and so you get uh, kind of a feel for the team. What do you think it's like? I mean, Blake Clarkson's obviously a good football player, but for most of the year he's been at the linebacker position, came over to quarterback last week, and now he's starting a vision game tonight. Uh, what, what do you think he needs to do to have a great game? Find the right guys to make, him make plays, and they're going to try to make the offense a little bit easier for him. Find the right players, hopefully for a big game for Max Carroll, Reed Linder, guys like that who can really – change the game for him and it's a tough situation because you know quarterback situation has been the story of the season for the Saints so I think he's up to the task and I think he's ready for tonight. 
Yeah, Blake actually played a little bit of quarterback last year, but then uh, moved to another position, and he's actually been hurt a good bit of the year. But uh, So he's kind of gone from the frying pan into the fire here. So talk to us a little bit about MUS. I know they're a little bit – they always have a good football team, but a little bit different this year at the quarterback position. Yeah, it's a great point. George Hansley, their quarterback from the past three years, is now at LSU as a – PWO and now that's a little bit different system they've been playing three different quarterbacks every game but the best quarterback has been number 10 Brady Hughes who's had over 200 passing yards two touchdowns no turnovers and also 200 rushing yards as well so he's a very tough dual threat quarterback hard to stop but it's also different when you mix in two other quarterbacks that's the key for Brandon Tucker's defense trying to figure out getting your personnel right on every situation and they're led by their run game number nine T Perry is their best running back 550 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns, third in the Memphis area in rushing touchdowns. So you limit him, you got a good chance to win this football game. Yeah, that's right. You know, been covering MUS for a long time, and they always seem to be well coached, always seem to have excellent special teams. What about, you know, defensively? I, I heard you talking to Coach Stewart uh, yesterday, but I listened to it earlier today, and uh, he talked about them. They, they move around a lot. What, what kind of problems do they present on the defensive side of the ball? tons of problems very skilled players especially on the defensive front and the linebacker position force a lot of turnovers they forced 12 turnovers this season they're led by one of the best linebackers in the memphis area number 22 hutchins Shove. 58 tackles 17 tackles for loss and two wow. sacks very impressive player kind of like our john richard odell always seems to find the football always seems to make a big play and the linebacker right next to him stracker Atkin, 29 tackles two tackles for loss and two interceptions from the linebacker position Tons of playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. Tons of game changers as well. Yeah, and so on the Briarcrest side, I guess one thing to talk about tonight, uh, Parker, is even though Max Carroll has had a big year and he's made a lot of big plays, he really hadn't been getting a ton of touches. What does Briarcrest need to do to try to get – because he is, you know, with all uh, uh, respect to some of the other players, I mean, I think Max is the guy who can make things happen more than anybody. What do we need to do to get the ball in his hands yeah, more just often? A, no disrespect, but he is the yeah. four-star Texas right. Christian University commute. Commit 18 catches is all. That's it this season through six games. See if he can get him the ball or maybe Blake Clarkson get him involved early. That'd be key for the Saints. And find him and Reed Leonard, who yeah. congrats to him, passed the career receptions market Briar Crest last week with 92 catches. So, he can find those two guys early, trying to get Blake in a little bit of a rhythm that would get his confidence up. By the way, MUS just came out on the field. They are dressed in blue uniforms with a red stripe. They have blue helmets and gray pants with a blue stripe down the side. Kind of look a little bit like a team I'm going to be watching tomorrow. Ole Miss going to go to the Ole Miss-Kentucky game. I guess we'll t- we might talk a little college football later in the game, but uh, – uh, but not for now. So, anyway, Briarcrest is actually waiting down in the uh, end zone, waiting to come onto the field. The Saints, the, the uh, captains, are out at midfield uh, getting the toss. It's a little bit different atmosphere here at MUS, Parker, in that we are inside the press box, and we're pretty much – it's almost like you're inside your house watching a football game. Uh, so so our, the folks listening on the radio aren't going to hear a lot of crowd noise tonight. Yeah, it's a little bit different from our Clayton Field in the press box where we can open the windows and see the – crowd noise so should be an exciting as the coin toss is happening right now the captains for the Saints sign are Max Carroll Blake Clarkson Reed Linder and Nate Bledsoe and then for the Owls number one Carter Campbell and Will McDaniel and it looks like MUS has won the toss and will receive so uh, that vaunted offense of MUS that likes to run the football a lot was going to uh, come out first so it'll be I guess you know Briarcrest the the 
if they've had a weakness on defense this year, it has been against the run, especially early in the games. Be interesting to see how the Saints do early in this game against the run. Yeah, it's a great point. The two names that really stick out are against Houston in the first half. They really struggled. Damon Cease had about 150 yards on us in the first half alone. So, huge chance for the Saints. They'll be on defense first, make a statement, and see if Coach Brandon Tucker can make a big play here early. So, Briarcrest just came out on the field. They are in all white, white helmet, white jersey, white pants. Uh, uh, and uh, green numerals, and so uh, the Saints are getting, we're about uh, a little under two minutes till kickoff here at uh, Holdobs Field, Stokes Stadiums here, Stokes Stadium here on the campus of MUS, and beautiful facility here, Parker, and, you know, artificial turf. I love our grass turf at Briarcrest, but it's fun to play on artificial turf every now and then. Yeah, great-looking field here tonight. Great crowd on hand as well on both sides of the stadium. Yeah, Briarcrest has brought a nice crowd, as has MUS. Students on both sides are fired up. So MUS is out on the field getting ready to receive the kickoff. Here come the Saints getting ready to kick off. Cooper Allen will be kicking off for for Briarcrest. And back deep for MUS is uh, number four, uh, Makai, excuse me, Jack Blackwell. Yeah, two deep, and also yeah, Malcolm Shaw, yeah. number two. So right now the referee is putting the ball down. Briarcrest is waiting for them to blow the whistle. The Saints on the far side of the field from us are jumping up and down, waving towels, getting ready to go. MUS is just over here kind of calmly watching the football game. And we are about to get underway here on a beautiful, beautiful night for football here at MUS. So Cooper Allen is lining it up, ready to kick it. He kicks it deep. The ball will go will come down about the two-yard line. It's going to be fielded there by MUS. He's up to the 10-yard line, 15-20. Gets to the outsides, up to the 30, up to the 35, and is run out of bounds at about the 42-yard line for Briarcrest and Parker. That's been an issue all year, uh, big kick returns against the uh, kickoff team. Yeah, that's a huge momentum swing on the first play of the game here for the Owls. Great return by number three, Makai Shaw, their talented running back and kick returner made a fantastic play and MUS will take field position there's a flag it's going to be all kick return holding on the Owls so that'll back them up limit the great return and they'll start at about the 25 yard line so maybe I spoke too soon there may have been a reason they had that big lane at the side of the field so yeah MUS is going to be backed up all the way inside the 15 yard line back to looks like the 13 yard line so that's where MUS will start first down and 10 from their own 13 yard line So here we go. We are ready to play. MUS under center. Take the snap. They're going to hand it off right up the middle. There's a little bit of running room. He makes a nice move. He's going to cut up the field and gain about seven, maybe even eight yards will be the running back for MUS. Yeah, that was number nine, T. Perry, his first carry of the evening. And it is number 10, the quarterback, Brady Hughes, who will get the start tonight for the Owls. Sophomore quarterback, 6'1", 185 pounds. Had a great sophomore season so far. Yeah, picked up about nine yards that time on first down to the Al, so it's going to be second down and one. Ball at about the 21, going to hand it off up the middle again. He's trying to get the outside. This time, Briarcrest bottles it up, but not before MUS gets a first down out to the 25-yard line. Yeah, great offensive line blocking that time from the Owls on the left side. And T. Perry just 
Fantastic job. They're being very patient, waiting for the blocks to develop before he gets a first down. And MUS moving very quickly. Their quarterback does not do the shotgun. He gets up under center, and he's right up under there, ready to call another play. He's going to hand it off again to Perry. Perry this time is a meta the line of scrimmage, but he breaks a tackle, then a beautiful shoestring tackle for Briarcrest for only a very short game. Yeah, fantastic job by Trey Davis Lundgren grabbing him by the bottom of the leg. Only a gain of about one could have been a huge game, but great job by Trey Davis's first tackle tonight. Yeah, Briarcrest did a good job of hitting Perry at the line of scrimmage, but then he got away, but a nice shoestring tackle there by the Saints. So now the Saints with four down linemen, three linebackers, four defensive backs, and MUS now in the shotgun. They're going to hand it off to – actually, the quarterback keeps it this time, and Briarcrest with penetration drops him for a loss. A fantastic play, and two of the best defensive players of the season right there combining on that tackle for loss, number four, John Richard Odell, and number five, Brandon Myers. So that's going to bring up third and long. It's going to be third down and 11 uh, for MUS. MUS came out running the ball very easily against Briarcrest the first series, but now on this uh, after the first first down, they've been uh, bottled up and actually have lost a yard here, so it's going to be third and 11. Now MUS is kind of slowing things down. They're back in the shotgun. There's a snap. They are going to hand the ball off. Briarcrest comes up once again and tackles Perry in the in the backfield. Going to be another loss, and it'll be bring up fourth down and 12 for MUS. Unbelievable job there by junior free safety, Cannon LaRusso, coming up from the safe position and making a big play there on fourth down. So MUS will uh, drop back to kick. Reed Linder back deep for Briarcrest. Here is the punt. It is a high punt, a good punt. Linder will take it at the 40. He's going to get it upfield to the 45. He has a little bit of room to the 50, a little more room to the 45, and he's finally brought down by MUS at about the 39-yard line. So Briarcrest starts with great field position, Parker. Yeah, great field position swing after a great punt from number three, Makai Shaw, also a running back and a punter. Great job by Reed Linder being patient and making a big play. That's So they'll start at the Owl 39-yard line. Great field position for Blake Clarkson on his first drive of the evening, and he's joined in the huddle by JoJo Salim, Davis Walker, Reed Linder, Max Carroll, Caleb Donaldson, Zach Green, Isaiah Robertson, Zeke Taylor, Cade Shivers, and Nate Bledsoe. So Briarcrest will get the ball. Great field position. First down at 10 uh, on their own 39-yard line. There's a snap back. Clarkson will hand it. And actually, he's going to throw the ball. Hits Carroll right in the hands. It just didn't look like they were quite on the same page, and the ball bounces away for an incomplete pass. Yeah, very uncharacteristic of Max Carroll. went right through his hands. Great throw by Clarkson. Just a tough break there for the Saints of second and ten. Yeah, we, you and I talked in the pregame show that getting Max Carroll the ball would be a key to this game. They went to him right away. Looked like they had him, but it wasn't able to come up with a catch. So Clarkson, Briarcrest moving a little more slowly. Um, Clarkson back in the shotgun, three wideouts to his right, one wideout to his left, one running back. They're going to hand it to Saleem this time. He dances around. He cuts up field. He's going to get some yardage. He will be up across the 35-yard line to the 34 for about a five-yard pickup. Had a great job by Jota Saleem being very patient, waiting for that right side of the offensive line, Cage Sivers and Nate Bledsoe. For their blocks, developing a great five-yard game for the junior running back, setting up third and five. So Briarcrest now on their first drive of the game has the ball all the way down to MUS's 34-yard line as third and five, as Parker said. Snap back, fake handoff. He's going to keep it. Clarkson cuts up field. He has a first down. He's still on his feet all the way down to the 21-yard line. Beautiful read that time by Mr. Clarkson. Yeah, great job by Clarkson. That's one thing he's very smart in. He's great at read options. He's a stronger running quarterback, and that's a huge advantage for him we've got an injured owl player. Yeah, M- uh, MUS player is, seems to be in a lot of pain back at about the uh, uh, 36-yard line. The MUS staff is uh, out on the field checking on him. 
hope he will be okay. But you've got to be impressed, Parker, early on with the way, number one, the way the defense really came out and shut down the run for MUS. Then secondly, the, how the Briarcrest offense has moved the ball so far. Yeah, great job, especially by that defense coming out making a statement early in this game. And then great first series from Clarkson there, picking the first down after two good runs from Salim and then himself. They're on the third and five, and that's actually number 99 for the Owls, DeMar Wells down on the field. He is now getting up, seems to be favoring uh, – well, actually, he seems to just be just fine. He he was in a ton of pain just a few minutes ago, but it, sometimes cramps work that way. Yeah. They, they, you feel like you're uh, – you, it is very painful for a short period of time, and then you're okay. So it's probably just a cramp. Hope he'll be okay. So Briarcrest now first down and 10. The ball is at the 26-yard line, first and 10 for the Saints. Clarkson in at quarterback. Salim in at running back. Two, two wide outs to the left, one wide out to the right. Carroll and at H back. Now the Saints are going to look over the sidelines. Briarcrest seems to be content with just taking a little bit of time here. Don't want to run run too quickly. A little bit of different philosophy than you normally see. There's a snap. They will give it to Sleem. He has a little running rip. The middle, he lunges forward all the way down to about the 20-yard line. That'll be a six-yard pickup for JoJo. Yeah, great job by Sleem making a huge cut. So right before he's finally taken down, number 33, Stryker Atkin making a big player. That's a senior linebacker. So pickup of six there for Saleem, second down four for Briarcrest. Ball's on the 20. They've got to get it to 16. This time, three wide outs to his left, one wide out to the right. They're going to fake the pitch to Saleem, and Clarkson will keep it this time, but nothing doing. He will be brought down for no gain. Yeah, tough read play. Great job with that defensive line there, number 22 for the Owls. Hutchins Schoff, the other great linebacker, making a big tackle there. Loss of about one. So another big third down here early in the game for Robbie Donaldson, the Briarcrest offense. Yeah, this is really a big play in the game. Briarcrest would, um, you know, love to take advantage of this outstanding field position uh, with a touchdown. So Clarkson is back. He will be in the shotgun snap position. He has two wideouts to the right, two to the left, one running back. There's a snap. He's under tremendous pressure. He's going to get rid of the ball, but it's going to be hit the ground and be an incomplete pass. So that's going to bring down a fourth down and about five for Briarcrest. So, Parker, you know Coach Stu, he's not against going forward on fourth down here. What do you think he does here? Yeah, not – it's a tough situation. Coop Brown's a great punter, not the most accurate kicker from field goal instances. It would only be about a 36-yard field goal, but it looks like the offense will stay on the field here for this fourth and five. The offense will stay on the field. It is fourth down and five for Briarcrest. Clarkson's barking out the signals. Now he steps back into the shotgun. He's got three wide outs to the left, one wide out to the right. He's got Salim in the backfield. MUS is showing pressure, so Clarkson kind of looks over the sideline and is going to get the play signaled in. They've got about five seconds left to go on the play clock, four seconds, three, and it looks like they're going to call a timeout. So with the timeout on the field, we will take one as well. You are listening to Briarcrest Football here on the Mighty 990 KWAM. Okay, we're back here at uh, MUS where Briarcrest is taking on MUS. There has been no score in the game. There is seven minutes and 16 seconds left to go in the first quarter. MUS got the ball first, got one first down, and then Briarcrest really bottled them up on the second uh, after their second, after the first first down, they bottled them up, and so MUS had to punt. Briarcrest got great field position, but now it's fourth down and five. Briarcrest from about the 20-yard line. They've got to pick up five here to keep the drive alive. MUS got all their men at the line of scrimmage, fakes a handoff, has a man, it's Linder, and he catches the ball inside the 10-yard line down to about the eight. Fantastic read by Blake Clark on the read, run pass option. Reading the linebackers and defensive line very well. 
Fake the run to Salim before a beautiful slant to Reed Leonard for his first catch of the night. First and goal, Saints. So first and goal for Briarcrest. Ball's at about the eight. Well, they're going to call it the nine-yard line. Two wideouts right, two wideouts left. Clarkson back to pass. He's got time. He throws in the end zone. His Linder was triple covered. He was knocked down, but uh, that's going to be uh, no pass interference. It'll be second down and nine for the Saints. He was triple covered, but not a bad throw by Blake Clarkson. Did get a little tripped up at the end by Leonard, but either way, Second and nine. Interesting play call there on first and goal, though. Yeah, Briarcrest went right to the end zone. Let's see what they do here. Six minutes and 50 seconds to go in the first quarter. Briarcrest inside the 10-yard line of MUS threatening here. It's going to be second down and goal from the nine-yard line. There's a snap. Going to hand it to Salim. He lunges up the middle. A little bit of running room. He'll get it down to about the six-yard line. That's going to bring up third down and goal from the six. Another big tackle there from Hudson Schof on the second and goal play. His second tackle of the evening. He's had a fantastic senior season so far. That was his 60th tackle of the season now. So Briarcrest now, I think they're actually going to say it's on the seven-yard line. So once again, a huge play for the Saints, third down and seven. uh, Inside the MUS 10-yard line, third down and goal. Uh, MUS has all their men within about five yards of the line of scrimmage. Briarcrest, there's a snap. Clarkson back to throw under a little bit of pressure. He rolls out. He throws it into the end zone. It's going to go over everybody's head out of the end zone. So you got to feel like Briarcrest will kick the field goal here. Yes. Looks like, yep, Cooper Allen and the kicking unit look like they're going to come on the field. Unfortunate pass there from Clarkson. Just a little bit overthrown. And it's going to be Allen in the kickoff unit. It'll be Bramlett to hold and Clarkson on the – Clarkson to hold and Bramlett on the long snap. So Cooper Allen in to kick the field goal. The ball will be spotted at the 15-yard line. So you're looking at a 25-yard attempt here. Ball is about to be snapped. Snap is good. It is down. The kick is up. It's a low-line driver, and it is good. So Briarcrest comes right out of the gate and will open up a 3 to nothing lead over MUS. There are six minutes and four seconds to go in the first quarter. You are listening to Briarcrest Football here on the Mighty 990 KWAM. We'll be back right after this. Okay, we're back at MUS, Hull Dobbs Field, Stoke Stadium. Briarcrest comes right out of the gate on their first possession and gets takes a 3 to nothing lead over MUS. There are six minutes and four seconds left to go in the first quarter. So Cooper Allen is into the game. He will be kicking off for Briarcrest. Deep to return is Makai Shaw again. So there's the kick. It's going to come down to about the five-yard line, but it looked like the whistle blew, and it did, and there is a penalty flag on the field. I would guess that's against the Saints, but we will let the referee make that call. Impressive opening drive for Briarcrest Parker. Yeah, huge, important drive to get on the board first. And that's what the Saints have been struggling with early in this season is falling behind early in the first half, huge to get the first points on the board. See if the defense make another big play here. So let's see what their uh, what the call is. It looks like they're going to put the ball back at the forty. Actually, it's a actually the penalty. That's I've never seen that before. I don't think a five yard penalty against the return team as the ball was kicked. So I, that didn't make sense. So now Briarcrest will kick it off from the forty five yard line. So we'll take it though. We will take it. <laughs> Easier chance for Allen to send one in the end zone. So Cooper Allen is uh, backing up. He's getting ready to kick. Briarcrest leading 3 to nothing here in the first quarter. Once again, the Briarcrest side of the field uh, jumping around, waving towels, ready for this kickoff. 
There it is. It is a deep kick, and it will go into the end zone, so MUS will take over first down and 10 at the 20-yard line. Great touchback there by on his third of the season, so interesting. Huge chance here for the Briarcrest defense to make a big statement and get the ball back with a chance to extend their lead. So MUS will take over first down and 10, ball at the 20-yard line. They trail 3 to nothing against the Saints. MUS quarterback up under center. He goes back. He's going to hand it off to Perry. Perry, once again, Briarcrest hits him in the backfield, and he's going to lose three yards on that play. And I tell you, the Saints are really keying in on Perry, and but MUS keeps going back to him. They have the right game plan, Josh, and it's working so far. A huge play there by the two junior linebackers. Trey Davis and John Richard Odell there both making a huge combined tackle for loss for a loss of about one. And as you said, Coach Tucker has been watching a lot of film this week there, guys, even spending some extra time in the film room with some of his linebackers and defensive linemen. It's paying off here early in the first quarter. So second down and 11 for MUS. We're going to hand it to Perry again. He has a little bit of running room this time, and he does get a crease up to the 25-yard line, so that'll be a, a six-yard game, but still it's going to be third and five for the Owls. Yeah, still third and media, another chance for them to possibly throw the ball. We saw them running last time on third and ten, so could expect them to run here for the Saints. Holden Day coming up from the short, the strong safety position to make a big tackle there. MUS plays a variety of quarterbacks. Back hands it again to Perry. He's a hit in the backfield, hit in the backfield again, and he's going to be bottled up. Now he's still on his feet, but now he's tackled, and that'll be another one-yard loss. Going to bring up a fourth down and six for MUS, and they're going to have to punt the football. Unbelievable job again by the Broncos defensive line. This time it was Trace Mager, the senior defensive end, coming from the opposite side of the defensive line and make a big play, forcing a fourth and six. There is the punt. It's a big, high, wobbly one. Linder's just going to get out of the way of it. The ball's going to land at the 40. Takes a little bit of an MUS bounce down to about the 30. Do they call it the 31-yard line? So that's where Briarcrest will take over. First down and 10 with a chance to uh, uh, extend their 3 to nothing lead. Yeah, great kick there. It was actually a different punter. That was number 42, Kyle Sneed. So now another chance for Blake Clark Jr. to get a little bit more momentum. Had some big plays early, connected on that one slant to Reed Linders. A huge chance here. Not bad field position. He'll start on his own 31-yard line. So there are four minutes and 35 seconds left to go here in the first quarter. Briarcrest leading three to nothing. Here at uh, the campus of Memphis University School. First down and 10 for the Saints. Ball at the 31-yard line. Clarkson back in the shotgun. Hands it to Salim. Ah, no, he did. He kept the ball. He gets it out to uh, Carroll. Carroll's up to the 40-yard line, up to the 41. Going to be run out of bounds to the 44. And, wow, what a beautiful ball fake that time. He may have been playing linebacker, but he looked like a quarterback that time. Yeah, beautiful job there by Blake Carson. He's been fantastic so far this season, especially last week. Selling the RPOs and connecting on big plays. At that time, finding Max Carroll for a huge gain up to about the MUS 47-yard line. So that's where uh, Briarcrest will have the ball. First down and 10. Clarkson barks at his signals. He hands it to Salim. Salim's looking for a – oh, he breaks a tackle and gets up to about the 45. Yeah, did a good job of uh, turning a play that could have been a loss into a two-yard gain that yeah, time. That was a beautiful job by Salim. That huge second effort after being hit right at the line, making a second cut. Getting about a two-yard gain. So second and about eight from the 45. So Briarcrest, second down and eight. Beautiful pass play on the previous play to Max Carroll. We talked about it pregame. That would be a big key for Briarcrest, getting it into their playmakers' hands, and he is certainly one of the playmakers. 
This time Carroll is not in the game. Saleem is run is going out in the flank, and now the Briarcrest gets the ball to him, but there's a penalty flag on the play. Looked like it was on the Saints. Dead ball. Yeah, false start against Briarcrest. So that's going to back him up five yards, going to bring up a first down and about 13 for the Saints. Ball back at the 40-yard line. Nate Rennick checks into the game at tight end. Huge second and long here for the Owls defense, however, to make a big play here to get a third and long chance. So second down, second and 13 for Briarcrest. Clarkson in at quarterback. Linder in motion. They're going to hand it to Reed. Reed's going to try to find some running room, but he's not going to find any. He's going to be bottled up right at the line of scrimmage. So now uh, third down and uh, very long for the Saints, third and 13. Yeah, great job there by the left side of that MUS defensive line. Hudson Schoff and Will McDaniel coming up to make the big tackle for loss. Loss of about one. So Briarcrest, third and uh, around 13 yards. Uh, 13 yards to go will come up. Clarkson, three wideouts to the left, one to the right, one running back. He takes a snap, fakes the handoff. He's going to keep it, and Bream U.S. hits him immediately, and that's going to be about a one-yard loss there for Clarkson. So we're going to get to see uh, – we saw Cooper Allen make a field goal. Now we're going to get to see him punt. And that was Hudson Schof, another huge play. That time was a sack, his second sack of the season. And this kid continues to be a huge playmaker for the Owl defense. And I think, you know, Robbie Donaldson and Coach Stewart are not wanting to put Blake Clarkson in, in a bad spot. So that time they tried to run the ball on uh, third and long. It didn't work out. But, uh, hey, uh, they still will punt the ball. And uh, the way the defense has been playing, we will see. MUS has, wow, about nine men. Uh, eight men up at the line of scrimmage. They're coming after the punt. He gets it away. It's a wobbly one out to the right. It's going to land on, but it gets a tremendous Briarcrest bounce. Landed just inside the 40, but went all the way down to the 28-yard line of MUS. So that's where the Owls will start first and 10. Yeah, it was a great punt by Kuhn. He's been one of the best punters in the Memphis area, third and average distance of just over 40 yards. Yeah, that wasn't a very pretty punt, but it was very effective. And the best thing he did was got was able to get that kick off because MUS was bringing the heat that time. However, there is a flag right about midfield. The two officials are still discussing it. We'll see if the call is. Yeah, the two officials, uh, both the offense for MUS is out on the field and the defense for Briarcrest, but the two officials are standing back behind everybody talking about it. Let's see what they say. Personal foul, face mask against the Owls. That must have happened after the punt because MUS will retain possession, but they're going to back them up. Uh, from the 28-yard line to back inside the 20. Great kick from Allen. This penalty helps it out even more. They'll start yeah. about the 19. Yeah, they're going to mark it all the way back to the 14-yard line. So, yeah, that's a big, big penalty against MUS and a big break for Briarcrest. <clears throat> so the Saints defense back on the field. MUS back in the shotgun formation this time. They're going to snap it. They're going to throw it this time. The ball looks to be com- – no, it actually hit the ground incomplete. So it's going to be second down and long for the Owls. Jack Blackwell, the intended target there. The throw for number 10, pretty huge, just a little bit underthrown and a little bit low. But their best receiver in the past game the season has been number 88, William Taylor, with a 172 yards on just 12 catches and three touchdowns. 
Yeah, as you mentioned, the pregame, MUS really likes to run the football, and so far tonight they haven't been able to do it very effectively. They tried to pass that time. is incomplete. Second down and 10, they are going to roll out. They're going to pe- uh, pitch it to Perry, and he's got a few yards, but he's hit very hard by Briarcrest. It's going to bring down, bring up third down, third and about six, I would say, for MUS. Yeah, huge tackler from the interior defensive lineman, Aiden Heydrich. Preventing a big gain in third and about five, as you said, Josh Ball in the 19. Huge chance for this defense to get a big stop. One minute and 40 seconds left to go in the first quarter. We'll call it third down and five. The ball is on the 19. They've got to get to the 24. MUS back in the shotgun this time. There's a snap, back to pass, looking, looking. He's going to run the ball this time, has a little bit of running room, cuts up the field, and looks like he's going to get the first down at the 25-yard line. Yeah, and MUS fans have seen that so many times this season. Brady Hughes has been fantastic in the run game. Coming into tonight, 31 carries over 200 yards. He's a dual threat, fantastic quarterback there, extending the drive there on that play. So Brady Hughes with a nice uh, um, uh, scramble that time to get the first down. It's only the second first down of the night for MUS. They snap the ball, going to hand it off. He's going to be bottled up again, but he does break a tackle. But now he's going to be tackled way, way back in the backfield. They're going to give him forward progress up to the 20. But, Parker, he was actually brought down around the 15. Yeah, what a play there by Nate Rennix, the senior defenseman. Actually, just his first season playing football, making a big play right there. Yeah, big loss for for the Owls, who still are are really struggling to, even though they've been a running team, they are having trouble getting anything open for T. Perry right now. So uh, number 10, their quarterback, Brady Hughes, may have to try to do something with his arm. Uh, He is back in the shotgun. He has three wideouts to his right, one to his left as running back in the backfield. He is going to hand the ball off this time, and once again, Briarcrest hits him in the backfield. That's their backup running back, Makai Shaw. They tried a different running back, and it didn't matter. Three defensive linemen for the Saints smothered him, Nate Rennicks, Trace Magro, and then Trey Davis coming up from the linebacker position to make a big play. Now we have third and about 15 for the Owls, and that will probably be the last play of the first quarter. Yeah, there's only three seconds left. I'm sure MUS will let those run out, and they do. So, at the end of the first quarter, Briarcrest leads MUS 3 to nothing. You are listening to Briarcrest Saints football here on the Mighty 990 KWAM. Okay, while we were away, MUS just ran the ball with their quarterback, uh, number 10, Brady Hughes. He picked up about 15 yards of the 17 needed, so that's going to break up a fourth down in and, and around two for MUS. So once again, the Owls will have to punt the ball to Briarcrest. Reed Linder back deep. There's the punt. It's a big, high, wobbly kick. Linder's going to let it bounce, and it takes a great Briarcrest kick this time, and it's, it landed at about the 37. It'll kick backwards to go out of bounds at the 44-yard line. So here we go again, Parker Saints with good field position. Yeah, huge chance for the, here for the Saints. They'll start at their own 44-yard line. MUS trying to draw them off sides with that punt. Got on the field very fast. Great job by their coaching staff there. Either way, Blake Clarkson will have fantastic field position. Look, let's see if they can get some more playmakers involved. Reed Linder, Max Carroll continuing to find them the football and make a big play. So Briarcrest with a 3 to nothing lead. We're just getting started here in the second quarter. Blake Clarkson has gone the entire way at quarterback. He has three wideouts to his left, one to the right. Salim goes into motion. Clarkson's going to keep the ball up the middle. He has a little bit of running room, and he will lunge forward all the way out to the 50-yard line. That'll be a gain of around six on first down for Clarkson. Yeah, great job by Clarkson. Pick him again at six, and Zeke Taylor's helmet popped off, so we'll have a new center for this play. Uh, makes everybody nervous yeah, when that's a new concerning. center comes in. <laughs> It'll be sophomore at number 50, Daniel Worsham, to snap the ball to this play. 
So Briarcrest lining up. Clarkson after a six-yard gain. It's second down and four. Ball is just spot on the midfield line here. MUS showing a little bit of pressure. Clarkson back to pass. He's got plenty of time. Now he's got doesn't have time. He just threw the ball away, and we'll see what the referees say. He was looked to still be in the pocket, and the referees are looking at each other, but no flag is down, so it'll be third down and about four for the Saints. Yeah, Jack Fortas, the MUS linebacker, really should have had an interception. Just didn't realize the ball was being thrown his way at first. Just wound up a couple feet to his right. Either way, a crucial third and four here right at midfield for the Saints. Need to kind of pick this up and get some more momentum going in the second quarter. Yeah, Bobby Alston, the uh, MUS uh, coach, was having a little bit of a heated conversation with the referee. He thought that was intentional grounding, but the referee said it wasn't. So we have third down and four. Balls in midfield. Briarcrest leading three to nothing. Salim in motion. Clarkson back to pass under pressure. He gets the ball away. It's caught by Carroll for a first down up to the 40. He lunges forward out to about the 36-yard line. Another big play by uh, Clarkson that time. That's a huge play by Blake Clarkson. That shows his experience at quarterback. Played quarterback his sophomore and junior and freshman year, in fact. Makes up great play stepping up in the pocket for a Briarcrest first down. So Briarcrest has a first down in U.S. territory. He's going to pass it again as Linder. Linder catches the ball. He's going to get to the line of scrimmage, still on his feet. He's up to the 30, down the 25-yard line. It's going to be another Briarcrest first down inside the 25-yard line. What a beautiful uh, catch and then run by a Linder that time. That was a great throw to start the play by Clarkson. And then huge shout-out to Max Carroll and Devin Johnson on the left side. Setting up huge blocks that really made that play happen. Linder got hit at the line of scrimmage, and then Clarkson made some big play. Had some big blocks in front, and they got to the Briarcrest first down. So it'll be first down and 10 for the Saints. The ball's on the 24-yard line. Their own. I mean, actually, MUS is 24, I mean. There's a snap back. Clarkson back to pass. Has some time. Looking. Has plenty of time. Still looking. He's got to get rid of the ball now. And he finds a man. It is looks like it was, I can't see the number. It is actually number one, JoJo Saleem, who picked up about, it was four of the toughest yards you'll ever see right there. An unbelievable catch by JoJo Saleem. Clarkson had to kind of throw it away. It was under some duress. And JoJo Saleem makes a beautiful catch with two men all, ro- all over him there for a gain of about five. Yeah, they'll give him five yards. It's going to be second down and five for Briarcrest. Ball at the 19-yard line. There's a snap. Going to fake it to Selene. This time Clarkson will keep it. He gets to the outside. He's going to lunge forward. He's still on his feet. He'll have the first down, I think. He's going to go down right at the first down marker. We'll see where the referees spot the ball. But a beautiful decision again by Clarkson. Unbelievable fake. He sells it every time perfectly, Josh. And that time he, you really just saw the strength of Blake Clarkson there. Looks like he did pick up the first down. We'll see where they spot it. Yeah, it looks like they're going to say he's just a little bit short. It's going to be third down and one. Ball is spotted right on the 15-yard line. He's got to get down to the 14. Big play in the ball game here. Clarkson gives it to Sleem. JoJo, he's going to be hit in the backfield that time and brought down violently by MUS. So that's going to bring up a fourth down and probably about three for the Saints. An unbelievable play there by their junior defensive lineman, Dion Stutz, a three-star recruit in the class of 2024, who has some very impressive offers, including Arkansas, Ole Miss, and Texas A&M. He will actually be on the Ole Miss campus tomorrow for the Ole Miss-Kentucky game on a visit. So there's eight minutes and 20 seconds to go. Briarcrest, the offense is still on the field. It's fourth down, fourth and a long two. Saints are looking over uh, to get the play. Looks like they're going to leave the offense in the game with Clarkson. Now looking back over the sideline again. Crowd making a little bit of noise. 
There's a snap. He's rolling out. He's looking. He's got to get rid of the ball. He gets rid of it, and it's going to be intercepted by MUS, and he will return the ball, the MUS player, up to about the 22-yard line. That was a zero for MUS, one of their best defenders, Brandon Nicholson. Yeah, huge play by Brandon Nicholson. Another three-star recruit in the class of 2024. Similar big power five offers, Stanford, Vanderbilt, Indiana, and Tennessee. And he makes a huge play there, his fourth interception of the season. So what do you think about that? That was, you know, um, could have gone for the field goal there. I, obviously, they haven't uh, – the Saints haven't kicked a lot this year, but uh, decided to go for it and got the interception. Yeah, I like the play call from Robbie Donaldson. You made the same play on the last drive. That's going to be a false start to start the drive by MUS, it looks like. Yeah, penalty flag on the snap, and MUS is immediately uh, backing up. And it will be a five-yard penalty against the Owls. So that'll take them back to about the 17-yard line for first down and 15. Briarcrest, seven minutes and 55 seconds to go to halftime. Briarcrest leads three to nothing on a Cooper-Allen field goal. So MUS up under the center this time. Going to hand the ball off, looking for running room. Got a little bit this time, but really only a couple of yards that time uh, for Perry. Unbelievable job by John Richardola. Bring him down as soon as he makes contact, making a big standing tackle. Only gaining about three yards Perry, so second and about 12 on about their own 20-yard line. Second down for MUS. There are seven minutes and 30 seconds till halftime. Briarcrest leads three to nothing. MUS looking over the sideline. They are getting the play in. Quarterback Hughes has two wideouts to the right, two to the left, has one running back in the game. This time he is going, looks like he's going to try to pass the ball, but he's going to keep it himself, and he's going to be bottled up very quickly after about a three-yard gain by number three for Briarcrest, Max Carroll. An unbelievable hit-stick tackle, if you will, from Max Carroll, taking him down right to the left scrimmage. But I will say great job by the quarterback, Brady Hughes, selling the read option, faked out one of the linemen for Briarcrest for ultimately being hit by Max Carroll. They'll actually give him a gain of about two, so third and nine here for the Owls on the 22. Third and long here for uh, MUS. They've been in this position several times tonight. They haven't been successful yet, but let's see what happens here. Hughes barks at his signals. Briarcrest showing a little bit of pressure. Here they come. He's back to pass. He's going to go downfield. He's going to just throw the ball way over everybody's head, and that'll be bring up fourth down and nine. And once again, the Briarcrest defense, you said it was the key to the game. They're getting off the field on third down. Yeah, very impressive play there. Colin Collier on the fantastic coverage there. And, you know, he's really been impressing me the last couple weeks. I had a huge interception in the Christian Brothers game and another great coverage play there. And Brandon Tucker, have to give him credit. A lot of hard work he's put in with these guys in the film room this week, and it's paying off here early in the first half. So Reed Linder back deep for Brian Crest at about the 45-yard line. There's a kick. It was almost blocked. It is a beautiful kick, though. He's going to send Linder way back. Reed's just going to have to let the ball bounce, and it's going to end up being down by MUS uh, right around the 28-yard line. That was a fantastic kick. It was a fantastic kick by a guy who's not even a punter. Kyle Sneed is listed on the rosters of running back and defensive back. There's a flag down on the field at about the 40-yard line. We'll see what the call is. But either way, a great punt by him. Yeah, and I tell you, he had to get that punt off quickly because Briarcrest was bringing some heat that time. And really, it looked like they were going to get to it, but weren't able to. Yeah, it looked like they had a chance. It looked like Carter Bostic was almost able to make a play on that. And it looks like they're going to back up the Saints, not clearing what the penalty is. Yeah, I haven't seen the call yet, but it's definitely against Briarcrest, and they're going to back the Saints up. So it'll probably, yeah, it's going to be definitely the worst holding call. Okay, holding against the Saints. 
So it's going to Saints uh, Briarcrest will start first and ten from the seventeen. So Briarcrest has had good field position all night, Parker. This time they're kind of backed up against their uh, end zone. Yeah, Josh, tough tough field position here. Let's see how Blake Clarkson responds. He's had great field position every other drive. This is his third drive of the evening. Huge chance. Let's see if they can take some clock here, go into half of the lead, as they will get the football to start the second half. So first down for Briarcrest, six minutes and 24 seconds to go until halftime. Briarcrest leads three to nothing. Clarkson barking at his signals. He has two wideouts to his left, two wideouts to his right. JoJo Saleem is the running back. He will fake it to Saleem. He'll go down field. He has le- – oh, what a fantastic catch by Reed Linder on a ball that looked like it was overthrown, but instead it's going to be about a seven-yard pickup for the Saints. A fantastic play by Reed Linder. A great pass from Clarkson, only putting it to where Linder can go make the play. Only listed at five foot ten. Leonard jumps up and makes a fantastic play, and he'll actually be at an Arkansas State visit this weekend. Yeah, he played tall on that play because that ball looked like he's going to be overthrown, but he went up and got it. Back to pass again is Clarkson. He's got plenty of time. He's going to go deep. He has a man. It will be all oh, right off his hands. It was going to be a tough catch, Parker, because of how he had to look back. But wow, what a throw by Clarkson! It was a beautiful throw by Blake Clarkson. Now it's a deep throw at Caleb Donaldson. There had a chance on that play. He leagues the team in average reception distance, and he almost had a huge play there for the Saints. Either way, it'll be third and about one. Yeah, third and one. Briarcrest goes for the home run ball there. That's a good spot to take it on a second yep. and short there. Great play call. Now sets up a third and one. Yeah, second and one is when they did it. Now it's third and one. Pe- pitches it to Salim. He cuts up field. He's going to have the first down and more. He's out to the 40-yard line. There is a penalty flag down. We'll see what that's all about. The penalty flag is down the field at the end of the play. Could possibly be against MUS, maybe a face mask or something. Yeah, interesting play or interesting flag. He kind of threw it late way up behind the play. Anyway, that was a great block there for the Saints by the left tackle, Zach Green, really sealing off the left side of that line and giving Joe Salim a huge hole. So the ref, actually, Briarcrest is starting to back up, but it's so they're giving him the play. Now they're going to mark a penalty off. This will be interesting to see what this does. I don't. Uh, apparently, uh, wow, a hole that far down the field. Okay, but it's still, it's so far down the field that it's still going to be a first down for Briarcrest. It's a net gain of two. They only needed one. Yeah, you don't see that very often. A holding <laughs> play that results in a positive first down, and not a negative first down. But either way. You'll take it. The chains keep moving for the Saints. Now they're almost to the 30-yard line. Ball's marked just shy of it, right at it, I should say. So the hold was 12 yards down the field. They marked it back 10. Briarcrest only needed one. So it'll be first down and 10 for Briarcrest at the 30. A couple of strange plays already in this game. Five minutes and 30 seconds left to go to halftime. Briarcrest still holding on to that 3 to nothing lead. Saints drove it down deep in MUS territory last time, but we're not able to score. Fakes the handoff back to throw. Has his man. It's caught, but he's going to be bottled up in the backfield this time for a loss of about one. Yeah, poor job there on the offensive line for the Saints. Couldn't get the blocks hold. And now there's a penalty flag here on the Saints. This looks like it might be unsportsmanlike conduct there on the far left side. We'll see what the call is. Yeah, a couple of late uh, last two plays in a row, very late penalty flags have come in. Let's see what the refs call this time. Neither team is really tipping their hand, but now Briarcrest is starting to walk backwards, it looks like. It looked like it was unsportsmanlike conduct. We'll see what the call is. Coach Stewart's over there talking to the referee. Dead ball, personal foul against Briarcrest. So, yeah, it's going to be a huge 15-yard penalty against the Saints. Going to take it all the way back to the, about the 15-yard line. Going to bring up second down and uh, – actually, excuse me, first down and forever. <laughs> 
for Put the Saints. Put call first in a country mile right there. That's a long about 25 yards. So and now, and as soon as uh, – so now Briarcrest is getting another penalty for a false start. So the Saints are going backwards right now. Uh, boy, um, really sort of had this game in control. Not really as far as the outcome, but had been controlling the game. But this time the Saints are uh, kind of shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, you lose all control and momentum when you got first and 30 at your own 10-yard line. So tough spot here for Blake Clarkson and the <laughs> offense. See if you can make a big play. Find Linder, Max Curl, even your deep threat Caleb Donaldson here is on the far right side for the Saints. See if they can connect here on this second and 30, actually. So Clarkson will, and now he's going to keep it. He's going to get to Max Carroll. Max is looking upfield. He's trying to get the outside. He does, but he's going to be tackled at about the 12-yard line after about a three-yard gain. Yeah, great job at number 17 for the Owls. Edward Wilson, a senior linebacker, making a big play. Limiting the game by Max Carroll to about two, so about third and 27. Unbelievable Long, for the Saints. Yeah, crazy, crazy situation here. An unsportsmanlike call. Uh, against Briarcrest, then followed up by another five-yard penalty. He's got the Saints way back in MUS territory. They're going to fake the handoff, going to throw it downfield. The ball's batted away that time. So now we've got fourth and 28 for the Saints. Yeah, fourth and 28. If you're Cooper Allen, you'd be happy to get it past the first down marker. You'll be punting for almost your own end zone. And fantastic play by senior linebacker striker Atkin, deflecting that pass. His third pass deflection of the season. And now Cooper Allen and the punt unit will come out. Yeah, Cooper Allen in the punt for Briarcrest. Four minutes and 46 seconds left till halftime. Saints are leading here three to zero. The Saints have <clears throat> really have had a couple of different chances to score. They took advantage of one with a field goal, were unable to score the second time. MUS deep man is all the way up to about the 40-yard line, so the Owls will probably get good field position here. Good snap. Good punt. Whoa, booming punt. It's going to go all the way to the 45, back to the 40. It's fielded by MUS back there. He's in trouble. He's going to be bottled up in a beautiful tackle by Briarcrest at the 45-yard line. Wow, what great special teams play by the Saints that time. Number 36, Cooper Thompson with a fantastic tackle. And even better than that, the fantastic kick by Cooper Allen sent that one from his, off, from his own goal line, and that was about a 50-yard punt right there. Yeah, and then uh, I believe it was Nicholson back deep for MUS. He actually did a pretty good job even fielding that ball. Then looked like he was going to have some running room, but the beautiful tackle that by him, beautiful open field tackle by the Saints. And he has a fantastic return for the Owls. He also has a punt return for a touchdown earlier in the season. So here's MUS back in business. They've had a lot of trouble running the ball tonight. They're going to try it again. He's going to be hitting the backfield again. Now he's running backwards, and he will be dropped all the way back at the 35-yard line for a 10-yard loss. Unbelievable job by this defense. I'm so impressed with Coach Brandon Tucker and his front seven. Trace Maygro and Brandon Myers combining on that huge tackle there. Yeah, that was T. Perry on the carry, and he's one of the better running backs in the city, but I, he may have negative, negative yards right now. It definitely seems like that. So second down and 20 for MUS. Owls, they're going to fake the handoff, going to throw the ball. They have a man. It's a running back, and he catches the ball this time, and he's going to have some running room. He's going to get it all the way down to about the 40-yard line. That'll be a first down for MUS. Yeah, great job by their other running back, Makai Shaw, there on that catch, making a huge play there and extending the drive. Moves the chains on a huge second and 20 play. Yeah, at that time the MUS offense uh, kind of took advantage that time of the uh, Briarcrest aggressive defense. Nice play call that time. So number 10, Brady Hughes, still in the quarterback. He's gone the whole way. Usually MUS kind of runs running back. I mean, excuse me, quarterback's in and out of the game. There's a snap. Going to kind kind of call the same play this time, but it doesn't work near as well. That was number three, Makai Shaw, for a short game. 
Yeah, great job there. Much better job on that play call from the Saints. Trey Davis, St. Regan's third tackle of the evening. Yeah, so MUS, who hasn't been able to run the ball effectively night now, is uh, trying to just throw the ball to their running backs. It worked the first time, didn't work the second time. So MUS this time is getting lined up. They have four wideouts out to the right. They have one out to the left. Quarterback Hughes barks out his signals. Briar Crest showing a little pressure. He's going to keep the ball at the middle. They had him for a second, but he's going to get away. He's got plenty of running room. Out to the 30, still on his feet down the 20. He will take it all the way into the end zone for an MUS touchdown. And I tell you, you've got to give credit to Brady Hughes that time. He did a beautiful job of reading the Briar Crest defense. Yeah, that was the first job. That was the first play of the game where I'm disappointed in their defense. When you have an empty backfield with Brady Hughes in at quarter, you have to prepare for a run. Coming in tonight, he had just as many. He had more rushing yards than passing yards. So you have to be ready for him to take off and run the football. And he's a very good runner. And now they made you pay for it on that play. As MUS takes their first lead of the ball game. So MUS is leading six to three. Ten Crady in for the extra point. Kick is up. The kick is. No good. So, wow, that doesn't happen very often at MUS. Tan Crady misses the extra point. So there are three minutes and 36 seconds left till halftime. MUS leads Briarcrest 6-3, and we'll be back with Briarcrest football right after this. We are back at Stokes Stadium. MUS just took their first lead of the night on a long quarterback run from Brady Hughes to give MUS a 6-3 lead. They did. Missed the extra point, though, so MUS will be uh, kicking off to Briarcrest. Number 36, Andrew Tancredi, is in the game. He just missed the extra point. Yeah, very rare miss. Only his fourth PAT miss of the season. Coming into tonight, he was 25 for 28. So Briarcrest takes the ball just inside the five, coming straight up the field, up to the 20, still on his feet, spun around, still on his feet, up to the 25, up to the 30, out to the 35, 40, going to be batted, pushed out of bounds, I should say, at about the 45-yard line. What a beautiful return by the Saints that time. And there's a flag for what could be a late hit. We'll see if that is the call. But a fantastic return by Devin Johnson, a fantastic second effort there after he got hit way back at about the 25-yard line. So, yeah, there was a late penalty flag down. Let's see what the referee calls. And, wow, they look like they're – well, let's see. Let me Don't let me prejudge. Dead ball, personal foul against MUS. So now Briarcrest already had good field positions, going to get even better. That's going to take it all the way into, the MU, into MUS territory at the 47-yard line, first down and 10 for Briarcrest at that point. Yeah, unbelievable. Tough break there for the MUS Owls, but a huge – Huge break here for the Saints there. Blake Clarkson with positive field position here. Yeah, first down, ball at the 47-yard line. Going to hand it to Salim. JoJo cuts up the middle. He's got some running room on his feet. He's got a first down. He's out to about the 35. He's still on his feet. The referee now blows the ball dead. But I'm impressed the way JoJo's getting those tough yards tonight. Yeah, he hasn't had a bad junior campaign coming in tonight with 40 carries, 155 yards, and three touchdowns. But, y'all, this is by far his best game of this season. He gets it inside the 35. They're going to spot it on 34, first down and 10. He gets the ball again. This time, this time he's going to be hit right at the line of scrimmage. May have even lost about a half a yard. I was trying to say they forced a fumble, but I think he was down on the play. Referee does not believe he forced a fumble. Actually, they're going to give him uh, – Wow. Up back up to the line of scrimmage. Looked like he lost about a yard, but it'll be second down and ten for Briar Crest. Clarkson has gone the whole way up quarterback. He's got three wideouts to his right, one to his left. Salim goes in motion. 
He looks to JoJo, but he's going to throw a screen pass, and it's going to be intercepted by MUS, and he's going the other way. The ball is at the 30 all the way inside – excuse me, at the 50 all the way inside the 50-yard line, and at the end of the play there's another uh, flag, but that was really the first time tonight we've seen uh, Blake make a big mistake. Yeah, it looked like a block in the back. Scary scene for the Saints. Reed Leonard was very slow to get up there on that play. Now walks off on his own power. But a tough break for Blake Clarkson. He was under pressure, had to throw it away, and Stryker Atkin was there to make the big play. His third interception of the season. So now with two minutes and 23 seconds left to go to halftime, we're in a game that Briarcrest has been dominating. It's going to be a hold against MUS. So that's going to move the ball all the way back to their uh, 41-yard line. But, yeah, Briarcrest has really been kind of dominating the game. But now they find themselves behind. And, of course, with a penalty, it's not quite as advantageous situation for MUS. But still, they're in a good spot. Yeah, still a fantastic spot here. You've got to get a stop here if you're the Briarcrest defense. So you can only be down by three as you will get the ball to start the second half. But either way, a huge chance here to get a little, little bit of momentum going your way before the halftime break. So Brady Hughes is going to go up under center this time. There's a snap. He's going to give it to Perry. Perry cuts up field. He's going to get a little bit of running room, breaks a tackle, and is going to end up picking about, up about four yards. But they were four hard-earned yards. Yeah, fantastic job by Tepper. That shows you why he was one of the best. He's one of the best running backs here in the Memphis area before Holden Day finally brings him down for about a five-yard gain. Second down, second down and six for MUS. Yeah, the Saints look like they had that play stopped at the line of scrimmage, but uh, Perry did a fantastic job of breaking a tackle or two, ended up getting around four yards. Minute 50 to go. I was just told it's actually Reed Leonard's shoulder they're checking out right now on the Briarcrest sideline. Okay. Uh, there is a snap, fake handoff. He's going to keep it right up the middle on the quarterback keeper, and he's got a lot of room again up to the 40, up to the 35, and is going to be run out of bounds. And, yeah, Brady Hughes, that's a play the Saints are having some trouble with, Parker. Yeah, no, they look very impressive stopping T. Perry, but they have to – you would expect they would be ready for the quarterback, Brady Hughes, who has been fantastic running well. That's the second big play of the evening. Yeah, he gets the ball inside the 35-yard line down to about the 33 MUS does have all three of their timeouts, in case you're wondering. So Hughes, this time, will take a snap from the shotgun. He's going to hand it to his running back and to get to the outside. Got some running room into the Briarcrest secondary, and he will be brought down at the 20-yard line, and that will be another MUS first down. Another huge play, another great carry by T. Perry, allowing the left side of his offensive line to create big blocks. And that was Nicholas Matthews and Michael Ray on that left side making some huge blocks. Minute 20, minute 18 to go. MUS moving quickly. Hughes back in the shotgun. He is going to hand the ball. Now, actually, he's going to keep it again. This time, Briarcrest, well, it missed a tackle. He's still got it. He's going to get all the way up to about the 10. Well, they're going to mark him down at the 11-yard line, so he'll be about a yard shy of the first down. Coming in this first down, especially in the second half, the Saints defense have got to be better at tackling the quarterback. They've been great at tackling Perry and Malcolm Mackay Shaw. They're two running backs, but they have to be better at tackling Brady Hughes. So MUS with 53 seconds to go until halftime will take a timeout. We will take one along with them. You're listening to Briarcrest Football here on the Mighty 990 KWAM. Your exclusive source for high school sports coverage in the Mid-South. The Mighty 990 and 107.9 FM. KWAM Memphis, a Starnes Media Group station. We are live at MUS for the Briarcrest game against the MUS Owls tonight. Briarcrest got out to a 3 to nothing lead, but MUS has come back to take a 6-3 to lead. They scored a touchdown, missed six point. And with 53 seconds left to go till halftime, MUS is down threatening again. They have it second down and a long one. 
Ball is on the 11-yard line. They are going to keep it. The quarterback again, he's going to lunge forward. He keeps his feet. Briarcrest comes up and hits him this time. They'll see where they're spotted. It's going to be close to the first down. A much better job there by the Briarcrest defense. Aiden Hydrick and John Ridgerdle coming up and making that big play. See, they can get a stop, hold them to a field goal here. They do have a great field goal kicker, Andrew Tancredi, who has a season-long field goal of 42. So, yeah, it's going to be third down and one. MUS will take another timeout. We'll keep it here, though, Parker. Uh, so, yeah, it's been a, it's been a, a, a kind of an odd football game. Uh, MUS, known for their running attack, with Briarcrest has really bottled that up early in the game. But lately, MUS has gone to their quarterback and has had a lot of success. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what makes them so good when they have this mobile quarterback. And he's fantastic. Brady Hughes, it sets up the run game with T. Perry and Makai Shaw here. Who they both have big runs on this play. On this drive, I should say. But they've been set up by the run game of their quarterback, Brady Hughes, and that's been fantastic to see. He's almost up to 100 yards rushing. Are you uh, surprised to see that he's gone the whole way? Earlier in the year, MUS has been rotating quarterbacks in and out. Yeah, I am a little bit. I know they've had a couple of blowouts in this season, but every game coming into this one, they've played three different quarterbacks at least. So I'm kind of surprised, but I think that's the right move. I do think Brady Hughes is the best quarterback they have. So I do think it's the right move by their coaching staff. So Brady Hughes still in the game. It's going to be third down and short, really about a short one yard. He takes a snap. He's looking. He's looking. Now he's rolling out. He's still looking. He's under pressure. He has a man out in the flat. It's going to be caught. It's going to be a first down. Fighting for more yardage will be MUS inside the five-yard line down to about the three. Yeah, great job by Brady Hughes being very patient, allowing him, allowing the pressure to almost get there before finally finding his running back, Makai Shaw, out there in the flat. So MUS is going to go to the power formation here as they're going to check in a couple of tight ends into the game. They're looking back to the sideline, trying to figure out where they need to line up. They're both going to line up on the left side of the field. They're going to go the Wildcat formation this time. Actually, they kept a man, the quarterback, in under the uh, center, uh, but he didn't get much there. Tried the quarterback sneak and only gained about one, so that's going to bring up uh, second down and one, second down and goal from the one. And it looks like MUS is going to take their last time out. So, with the break in the action, we'll kick it back to the studio you're listening to Briarcrest football here on the mighty 990 kwam Briarcrest football powered by epm appraisals evaluating property in the mid-south sponsored by magnolia homes live life well peer financial advisors plan invest evolve retire confidently independent bank a better way to bank way to bank rando frame and gallery and weimer's jewelry So you were listening to Briarcrest football and Parker May. Interesting situation here. So it's second down and one. There are 18 seconds left to go until halftime. MUS has a second and one, a second and goal from the one. If they don't score, if they run the football here and don't score, the clock could very well run out. And so they, what do you do? Do you try to pass the ball if you're MUS? No, I definitely expect them to run a football, Josh. And I guess if they don't pick it up, which I would be honestly surprised if they don't. They're about the half yard line. You could run up and spike the football and have a chance for a kick here. So, quarterback use is under center this time. He will snap it. He's going to draw back. He's going to be hitting the backfield and sacked all the way back at the 11-yard line. And will they be able to line up in time? There are 10 seconds left. There are nine, eight. Now there's a very late penalty flag comes out on the field. Let's see what that's all about. Oh, that's my goodness. a crucial penalty. It's giving the Saints. Trey Davis picked the ball. I act like it was almost a fumble running the other way. And they might flag him for that, and which is huge because it stops the clock for MUS, allows them to kick a field goal here by four half. I can't begin to tell you what a uh, 
I'll just say it, dumb yeah. penalty that was. I, you, they don't come much dumber than that one. And uh, uh, bad choice by the Briarcrest players. So they're going to move the ball up to the five-yard line. So now MUS with six seconds to go. Uh, Tan Crady will get a chance to redeem himself after he missed the extra point. So this will be about a 13-yard line, 23-yard kick. The kick is up, and the kick is good. So that will be the last play of the half, and MUS will take the lead against Briarcrest 9-3, and we will go into halftime. And, and yeah, Parker, before we kick it to Josh Rivera, just your thoughts on that. That was really a tough way to end the half of the Saints. Yeah, it's a really almost dumb, stupid way. And it's kind of unfortunate because he might have actually thought that was a fumble and tried to run it back, but at the same time, you got in the situation. Yeah, and I'm sure the whistles were blowing uh, uh, you know, probably pretty obvious. But anyway, so it is halftime here at MUS. Briarcrest finds himself trailing 9-3. to We'll kick it back to the KWAM studios for the halftime show with Josh Rivera. From the Mighty 990 Broadcast Center, it's the Peer Financial Advisors Halftime Show. Peer Financial Advisors. Plan, invest, evolve, retire confidently with Peer Financial Advisors. Here's Josh Rivera. Welcome back here to the Halftime Show here in the Mighty 990 Studios uh, with me, Josh Rivera. And right now, MUS is leading Briarcrest 9-3. to uh, You know, this is one of those things, again, where, you know what, I'm not even going to say it. Uh, Brad Crest needs to figure out a way to come back from this game. And it, and it is so close. So there's plenty of time, uh, plenty of football left for them to rally back. Um, Brad Crest, you know, they have a field goal right now in MUS. Yeah, like Josh and, and Parker were saying, that was kind of a silly play there at the end. And, and now you have a, a situation where you were down just three points and now you're down six points. You got to figure out a way to rally back. I'm sure they will. There's still plenty of football left because you're still looking at a Brad Crest team that last year, you know, they team. 30 to 28. So it's definitely still uh, in the cards for Brackers to win. This is a very more than capable team. They have plenty of talent. Uh, but then again, so does MUS. And again, I mentioned earlier history. It's on the side of the MUS Owls, you know, because out of all the games they've ever played, they've beat the Saints 36 out of the 43 times. So that's what MUS is going to be looking at. And they also want to capitalize on that 200th victory for their coach, Bobby Alston. And they want to get that 201st victory in a sweet one versus Brackcrest. So we'll, we'll keep you updated as the game goes on. Of course, we have play-by-play with Josh Davis and Parker May. But we're going to get into some scores from around the Memphis area. We're going to start with some of the games that happened yesterday, actually. Some of the final scores. You have Ridgeway and Wooddale. You know, Wooddale is actually still looking for their first win. They weren't able to get it last night. Ridgeway won that game 38-0. to you also have St. Benedict and East. And here's a team, St. Benedict. They actually got their first win of the season last night. They won 52-34 to against Memphis East. Uh, congratulations to the Eagles. Uh, they still have a long season left to go. But one win under your belt, uh, that's a good sign for them. Melrose and Craigmont. Again, this is one of those teams that I mentioned earlier. Really good teams. Melrose, they only have one loss on their record. And now Craigmont also shares that with only one loss on their record. Two really impressive teams for this year. You know, you're looking at a Craigmont team that hasn't had a winning season since 2014. And they haven't even had a 6-0 start. This is, of course, prior to that game. They haven't had a 6-0 start since 1996. And when you look at Melrose, they started the season last year 2-3. And, and now they're 5-1. and one. So good on Melrose. Good on, uh, you know, of course, uh, Craigmont. Of course, they lost last night 45-20. to 20, But still... Really good so far for those both for those two programs as they continue to fight for the rest of the season. You look at White Station and Cordova. White Station getting their second win of the season. They beat Cordova 14-7. And then last night, of course, MASA, MASAE, they won against Westwood 50-0. Uh, you know, their MASAE is still undefeated. Uh, really impressive 
uh, by that team. They've actually recorded all their wins have been blowout wins. They've swept through every team they've played. Not one team has scored a single touchdown against that defense. Uh, really impressive. And, of course, they're going to be inching towards that top three to five seed as the season goes on. Uh, really impressive by that team. Some scores that are coming in right now. Uh, I have Lausanne and ECS. Right now, Lausanne is 24-0. They're leading against uh, ECS right now. And, of course, Lausanne still, uh, you know, having a really great season. And if the, game, the game's not over. But you have a Lausanne team that's been really, really good this season. Of course, they only have one loss on their record. So good for them. Lausanne currently 4-1. and one. They're looking to improve 5-1. and one if they get this win. Central and Kingsbury, that game is pretty much almost over, basically. I mean, you have a score 42-0. to Central is leading against Kingsbury. Then you also have Houston and Bartlett. And right now, Bartlett is actually leading Houston 10-7. to Pretty impressive uh, by, you know, by the Bartlett Panthers. Houston, you know, this is one of the best teams in uh, in Memphis. Of course, they had a huge win against Germantown, beating the undefeated team. But this game is still really close. It's just within three points. There's still plenty of football left. On that game, I'll be really excited to see how that game turns out for the rest of the night. And also really excited to talk about Germantown and Collierville. Perhaps one of the most crucial games of the season to determine well, you know, that top spot over there uh, in Memphis football. Right now they're tied 6-6, six and six, exactly what I expected for these two teams um, You know, fighting to get that top spot. They're tied right now. And I have some news, though, from you know, Aiden Glover, their quarterback. He's actually, you know, for, for Collierville, he's actually injured. He had a foot you know, injury, so right now they're looking as they're evaluating him, and they have Logan Johns right now subbing uh, for that team. And you know, we'll give you updates on that team as the night goes on. North Point and St. George's is tied 7-7 seven to seven currently. And North Point, this is a really impressive team. Uh, you know, They've actually snuck in in a lot of people's rankings. Jackson Christian and Tipton Rosemark right now. Jackson Christian is winning 35-0. Tipton Rosemark still hasn't gotten a win under their record yet. Uh, they're looking to hopefully after this game move on to the next and, and hopefully pull out a win later in the season. North Delta and Oak Hill Academy. Right now, North Delta is leading 6-7. to seven. Wynn and Southside. Right now, Wynn is leading 27-14. to 14. Uh, Jumping back to Memphis, Whitehaven and Arlington. Right now, Whitehaven is looking to tie their record again after having such a strong start to the season. They've kind of fallen a little bit. But right now, they're leading 14-3 to three against Arlington. Then you have South Haven and Hernando. Uh, Battle of Mississippi there. South Haven is leading 7-0 to zero right now. You also have Overton and Dyer County. Overton up 19-7. Lewisburg and Center Hill. Center Hill is up 2-0. They had a safety early in the game, so they're leading against Lewisburg 2-0. Tupelo and Oxford. Tupelo is up 6-0 against Oxford. And then Covington and Dyersburg right now. Covington is winning 34-0. Of course, Covington is coming back from a bye week. So this is really great news for Covington. Uh, you know, they've had good rest and now they're up against Dyersburg, 34 points, holding them to zero. And then to fi- finish off the scores for the halftime show, Senatobia and Nettleton. Right now, Nettleton is up 7-0 to zero against Senatobia. And that's going to be it for the scores as of now. Of course, we're going to get more scores coming in for the rest of the night. And I'll give you those in the post game. I'll give you those in the halftime if we get some more. But until then, guys, uh, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I definitely want to talk about, uh, I talked to uh, Jackson Hammond from Christian Brothers. I actually talked to Braylon Raglan, uh, the quarterback for Bartlett as well. I had a conversation with them. I'll tell you what we talked about, you know, ahead of, of their season. They have really big games tonight and I'll share, you know, some of the thoughts that they had and also talk about the player of the week, according to the Daily uh, Memphian, uh, you know, a really impressive win and a really impressive win last week for German or for Houston and their 
player, which I'll tell you about when we come back. He actually won player of the week. And we'll get into all that when we come back with this break. Now, back to the Beer Financial Advisors Halftime Show with Josh Rivera. Welcome back to the Halftime Show here in the Mighty 990 Studios. Right now we have MUS leading Briarcrest 9-3, just a six-point deficit uh, for the Saints. Of course, they're going to be having a whole second half to catch up uh, again uh, for the season. And, uh, you know, hopefully they'll be able to turn things around for that program. Right now they're 3-3. Three and three. Uh, They're actually uh, winless against all division teams. This includes, uh, you know, the games, you know, we're, we're going to see what happens with MUS, uh, a big division rival. Uh, right now they're down six points. This is the halftime show here in the Mighty 990 Studios sponsored by Peer Financial Advisors. Plan, invest, evolve, retire confidently with Peer Financial Advisors. And guys, I want to talk to you a little bit about, uh, you know, who won the player of the week this past week. And it was a big game for Houston. You know, they played Germantown. And this is a Germantown team that was undefeated all season long up until last week when Houston did the unthinkable. They actually showed the whole world that, you know, Germantown can be beaten. And they did. And, you know, of course, Houston won that game. And big credit to Damon Sisa. He's the standout player of the week. I needed to highlight because this guy just really took over for Houston. He got 61% of the vote. A really great victory for the Mustangs. They won 35-24. to and they basically ran with them the whole game. 38 carries. That's the most for an area player this season. He had 234 yards, four touchdowns as the Mustangs. You know, they got a big win under their belt. They're 5-1 and one now, uh, and they're currently looking to get a really big victory tonight. Uh, but right now, you know, Houston... They had that, you know. They really relied on Damon Sisa, and I think that's a very, very good, uh, uh, you know, a very solid pick for Player of the Week. And also running right behind there was a lot of players that actually I think deserve, you know, some consideration as well. Of course, you have Aiden Glover last week. He had a really great game, um, keeping that Dragons team undefeated. They're the winners of 16 straight regular season games. Uh, you know, when they, of course, after beating Whitehaven on Friday, and Glover he had 18 of 24 passes throwing really accurately for three touchdowns and over 200 yards at 230. Uh, of course, they didn't make the cut, you know, because of Damon Ciso had a really great game. But you also want to move over to uh, North Point, who's been really good. Jack Patterson, he's actually been one of the leaders in the for the passing game. Put up really big numbers against Millington when they beat them, 28-14. to 14. He had 17 for 27 passes completed, 285 yards and three touchdowns. And then Braxton Sharp, who's uh, you know playing for Munford, who of course is a lot of people's top team in Memphis. He had a really great night for them when they beat Dyer County 54 to 31. He had 241 rushing yards on 23 carries, four touchdowns uh, for the third straight game. Uh, you know as Munford improved to six and zero. And of course, I already talked about Damon Cisa and then. Uh, Kalen Spears, you know, they quietly, like I'm, like I mentioned earlier, you know, kind of coming back from a slow start. They're four and two now. They're two and one in the region. They had a big win, 28 to 13 against Cordova, and of course, Spears had a great game, uh, finishing uh, with with a lot of running yards. He had, he had six. Uh, he had he had 79 uh, carries or 79 rushing yards and 18 carries. So really good for for those players in Memphis. And of course, I had a conversation conversation, excuse me, with Jackson Hammond. He's the all-around player for Christian Brothers and I talked to him about how his team won 3 in a row including a really big and close win against Briarcrest. And last time, uh, you know, that we that I spoke to him, his team was 1 and 2 and right now they've actually came back and they're really impressing everyone. Uh, and I talked to him, you know, what what was it for Christian Brothers that sparked them to uh, to you know several winning games in a row, and he said you know they've learned to play with each other and they've learned to play with confidence. He also said we still have to learn to finish a game without keeping people around, but I'm confident 
that we can demonstrate that tonight. And then I asked him, you know, your team is playing a really great matchup tonight against a really good football team in Brentwood. Of course, they're a powerhouse Nashville team. I asked him, what specific things have y'all prepared for ahead of this game? He told me, we've been hammering penalties and turnovers. We usually lead the game in most turnovers given up and most penalties. We want to make sure that we get out of our own way so that we can just be the best version of ourselves. And of course, he's referring to as they get deeper in the in the season when they go in close to the playoffs. And I asked him, you know, you're inching towards that playoff almost now in October how confident are you that your team can go deeper this year than the last and he said I'm extremely confident I believe that we can make a run for the state title and if we and if we don't hurt ourselves our talent and effort can bring us far in the postseason uh, uh, you know of course he's alluding to a really big turnaround for this Christian Brothers team uh, they've actually kind of turned the you know flipped the script a little bit you know they started out kind of slow and they're now four and two they're playing Brentwood right now who's four and two and then I had a conversation with Braylon Raglan, and of course, he's the quarterback for uh, Bartlett, who had a huge win against Lausanne early in the season, and I talked to him about it as well. I said, your team had a really impressive win against Lausanne. Almost, you, also, you almost pulled away a, a close one against Germantown, too. How impressive has you, has, has you, have you been with your team, or, you know, and what is it that you're expecting you know, for the season? Is this what you were expecting for the season? And he said the Lausanne game was a great game for us, of course. It really showed what we could do. And when everyone does their job and make the timely plays that you need to win games, uh, that's how you win. I have the best coaches and teammates in the world. So, yes, I expect to have, uh, you know, the season that we're having, if not better. And, of course, you know, they have a big game tonight against 5-1 and one Houston. Uh, and I asked him, do you find yourself more nervous for the big matchups? Or is it more motivating to get these really big games in your schedule? And he said, I enjoy those big games. That is what you have those 6 a.m. practices for, staying late to watch film and lift weights for. That is what makes it so fun. And I said, well, when you lose games by a point, like against Germantown, what sorts of lessons do you take away from those games to better prepare you in the season? And he said, yeah, the, the Germantown game definitely stung, considering we're so close to winning. We made a lot of mistakes that we learned from, so it definitely sucks to lose like that. But we came out of a better, we came out that game a better team uh, moving forward. Um, and that that was a great conversation with Braylon Raglan and Jackson Hammond. When we come back, guys, I'm just going to go back through some quick scores, recap you on the latest scores from around the Memphis area, and maybe give you a, to- a glimpse at my top 10 here in the Mighty 990 rankings. Guys, this is the Halftime Show, uh, sponsored by Peer Financial Advisors. Plan, invest, evolve, retire confidently with Peer Financial Advisors. We'll get back to everything when we come back with this commercial break. Welcome back to the Mighty 990 Halftime Show here uh, in the studio. And we're going to go through some quick scores, some notable scores that I think you need to be aware of. Right now, Germantown and Collierville tied at 6-6. Six and six. Uh, uh, We also have Lausanne and ECS. Right now, Lausanne's leading 24-0. Houston and Bartlett. Bartlett's leading that game 10-7. Um, Whitehaven and Arlington, 14-3. Uh, Jackson Christian 35 to zero against Tipton Rosemark Academy, and then Covington 34 to zero against Dyersburg. Tupelo and Oxford right now. Tupelo is leading six to zero, and then you have Center Hill leading two to zero against Lewisburg, and then of course Briarcrest down six points against MUS. Score is nine to three. I'm gonna go through the top ten real quick of uh, you know of my my new 990 ten teams in Memphis, and right now ten sits with MUS. I have Covington, who actually is coming back from a bye week. They're number nine. Eight is Bartlett. I have seven has Melrose after a really big win against Craigmont. MASE, they're sitting at six. They're still undefeated. Uh, Alazan, they're number five. Collierville, I have at number four. And if they can get a really big win tonight, they'll be jumping into that top three for sure because three is Germantown, and they're facing off tonight. Two is Houston after a really crazy great game against Germantown. And, of course, Mumford is sitting at number one uh, right now in my top 
10 rankings. Guys, we're going to throw it back because the game's about to get back. We're going to go back to Josh to Josh Davis and Parker May. This has been the halftime show here in the Mighty 990 studios. We'll get back to some play-by-play uh, -play coverage after this commercial break. And the kick was just kicked by MUS. Friarcrest came up and fielded the ball about the 10-yard line and actually returned it out to about the 31. So, Parker May, the Saints will get pretty good field position here to start the second half. Yeah, great job by Cooper Thompson there coming up from the second line of return to make that great catch and return. About a 20-yard gain in some notable halftime stats. Brady Hughes, the MUS quarterback, 35 passing yards, 90, 82 rushing yards, including a rushing touchdown, the only touchdown of the game. And then T. Perry, 36 rushing yards for the Owls. It's Blake Clarkson and the Briarcrest offense will start the second half on the field. So the second half just getting underway. Briarcrest trails 9-3 to against MUS, but the Saints get it first. They're going to hand – actually, Clarkson keeps it. He's up the field at the 35, cuts to the outside of the 40, and he will go out of bounds at a, close to the 45-yard line. Beautiful first down run by Clarkson for a first down. Yeah, great job by Clarkson. And actually, an even better job by Caleb Donaldson on the far right side, sealing off the lineman or the linebacker, I should say, giving Clarkson room to get the first down. You love it when the wide receivers go downfield and block. So Brian Crest has it first and ten. They're going to fake the handoff, going to get it out in the flat. They're going to catch it, going to cut up field, but MUS actually comes up does a nice job. It'll be a short gain for the Saints that time. Yeah, short gain of about four. Either way, it's good to see Reed Leonard back in the game. He got banged up on his shoulder about two minutes left in the first half. He is back, and he's good to go. Nice four-yard gain for him on his second catch of the night. So Briarcrest will have the ball at the 47-yard line. We are just getting started here in the second half. Saints find themselves trailing 9-3 against MUS. Blake Clarkson has gone the entire way for Briarcrest at quarterback. He is still in there. He takes a snap. He will give the handoff this time to Salim, and MUS was all over that. Hit JoJo right as he got the ball, and that will be a three-yard loss back to the original line of scrimmage. Yeah, huge three-yard loss. I don't know if that was the right read there by Clarkson. Setting up about a third and ten here for the Saints in a crucial play. Yeah, third down and long for Briarcrest. Saints jumped out to a three-to-nothing lead, held that lead for a long time, but then MUS finally did score, got up to 6-3 lead, missed extra point, but right before halftime, the Owls tacked on a field goal. Now Briarcrest, snap, he's rolling out. Clarkson, that is, looking. He's under pressure. He throws the ball, and he just very wisely, I would say, threw the ball away, so that's going to bring up fourth down and ten for the Saints, and that will bring Cooper Allen out to punt. Yeah, not an awful drive there by Clarkson. Got a, got a first down there all by himself on his legs, but couldn't get anything going there on the passing game. Great job by the Owls defense. Come on, making a statement there. They'll get the ball back, trying to extend their lead. Nine to three is the score. Hopefully they can get it to a two-score game for them. So it'll be – so Briarcrest will be punting. The ball is at the 44-yard line. MUS deep back. Our return man, Nicholson, is down just around about the 16, 17-yard line. Nice snap. Punt is away. It's a nice spiraling punt, but it's going to go straight to Nicholson. He fields it at the 15. He circles back. Now he's coming back upfield. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. He's to the 30. After the 35, still on his feet, and he will be slung down to the ground by, by a Briarcrest defender at the 43-yard line. And that was one of those cases where he might have just outkicked the coverage a little bit. Yeah. Great kick bound, but an even better return by Brandon Nicholson. An unbelievable return, man. As I said earlier, has already returned a punt for a touchdown earlier in this season, and MUS will get great field position on their own 42-yard line. So here come the Owls, I mean, excuse me, leading 9-3, to three, Briarcrest, four down linemen. Got three linebackers, four defensive backs. 
Snap is back. He's going to quarterback keeper. He goes right up the middle. He's got a big hole after the 50, up the 45, still on his feet down to the 40-yard line. And kind of deja vu all over again, Brady Hughes has plenty of running room. Yeah, they're great play. Fooled him once again on the option, but they've got to get better reading him. Maybe it's the main target instead of T. Perry. Brady Hughes now over 100 rushing yards in the game. And, again, another missed tackle in the court. They've got to get better at that because as he continues to be a playmaker in this game. So the ball will be spotted at the 39-yard line. MUS on the Briarcrest side of the field. It is first and 10. Hughes takes the – whoa, it took a long time. Finally snapping. He's not going to make any bones about it. He's just going to run the ball straight up the middle. Not a ton of running room that time, but he did pick up around three. That's going to bring second, bring up second down, second down in seven for the Owls. Yeah, Brady Hughes there in a smaller game, but he's been fantastic so far. Not really fooling the Broncos defense. Really have him almost guessing at what he's going to do, whether he's going to keep it, hand it off, or throw it. So Hughes will keep it. Again, he's, just, he's not even showing anything else but running. He breaks a tackle up to the 30-yard line, a beautiful shoestring tackle there by the Saints, but he's going to be very close to a first down, but he looks like he might be about a half yard short. Yeah, maybe a touch short, but either way, another missed tackle by the Saints, and it's going to bring in right at about third and maybe half a yard there. Nate Bledsoe checks in for the first down on defense. Third and short here. He'll try to come up for the quarterback sneak potentially, and that's exactly what it is, and it's going to be a first down. Yeah, pushes him forward, so that's going to be a first down for MUS. A ball is uh, just inside the 30-yard line. I tell you, he didn't get it by much, but he did get it. Uh, so MUS for the first down there. So uh, MUS comes out on their first possession, and they are already deep inside Briarcrest territory. Yeah, very powerful drive here led by their quarterback, Brady Hughes, and really on the run game, that's all their drive has been so far. The Briarcrest defense doesn't have an answer for it. So Hughes goes up under center this time. Now they're in the power formation with two tight ends. One of the tight ends jumps, so it's going to be a five-yard uh, uh, penalty there against MUS. Yeah, crucial penalty. Looked like number 85, the tight end. William Watkins there on the fall start. They had a two tight end pro package there. It's going to be a first and 15 here now for the Owls. By the way, if you are listening tonight, uh, which if you're hearing this, you are listening tonight, but we have heard from a few people that the sound's a little odd. We are actually inside an indoor press box here, so you're not getting a lot of crowd noise. It's like kind of like sitting in your living room uh, calling a football game, watching out the window, uh, but it is very comfortable in here, so uh, we enjoy that. But anyway, it's going to be first down and 15, ball back at the 33-yard line. There's a snap once again, quarterback keeper. This time, Briarcrest is going to bottle him, bottle him up for about a, for a short game, but he did pick up about four. He did pick up a little bit there, but much better job by the Briarcrest defensive line of rooting that before Nate Bledsoe, Ronnie Inamorado, and Max Carroll finally take him down for about a gain of four, as you said. So second and 11 here. Huge chance here for the Briarcrest Saints defense to make a big play and force a third and long. Yeah, Brady Hughes is really kind of taking this game over with his legs running it almost every play. This time he will hand it to the running back, and he's got some running room outside. He's going to cut it back to the middle of the field, and that's going to be another MUS first down inside the 20. You know, Josh, that's probably what makes T. Perry part of the reason why he's so good. He has this fantastic quarterback, Brady Hughes, who's kind of setting him up. When you have Brady Hughes, runs it five straight times. The running game to the outside will be wide open. Yeah, Briarcrest had done a great job of uh, stopping Perry early in the game, uh, but he got a big gainer that time for an MUS first down, so the Owls will have the ball first and 10 on the inside the 20 down the red zone on the 17-yard line. There's a snap. He's going to run it again. Use, but he tries to pitch it. The ball's on the ground. It's still loose. Good job, though, by the, uh, by the running back uh, to, buy, to get that ball and keep it away from Briarcrest. That was a great job. The right side of the, the left side, I should say, the Briarcrest defensive line, 
Forcing pressure on Hughes, kind of had to panic and pitch it out very quickly. Loss of about one there, only on the plate, so second and 11. Yeah, that was Shaw in the game that time. Uh, did a nice job. That could have been a disaster for MUS. So the Owls will line it up again, this time second down 11. Ball at the 18-yard line. They are in the red zone. Briarcrest showing a little bit of pressure. Going to fake the handoff. The ball's on the ground again. Let's see who gets it this time. Briarcrest thinks they have it. Let's see what the referees say. And it is Briarcrest football, and that is the break Parker May the Saints have been looking for tonight. And I, I tell you, you've got to wonder about MUS. They seem to be having so much success, and they almost got a little bit too cute that time. Yeah, almost got a little – they tried to get a little fancy there. Went for another read option play. Huge – kind of fumbled the snap, and Briarcrest in that linebacker. It looked like Trey Davis might have been the one who jumped on it. Capitalizes and makes a big play. Now the Saints will take over at their own 20-yard line. So Briarcrest threw an interception earlier in the game. MUS turns it over this time on the fumble. So Blake Clarkson back out on the field. This time he'll have a running back uh, to his left, two wide outs to his left. He's going to go back to pass. He's looking. He's looking. He's got some time. There's a penalty flag down, but he's going to be sacked back at about the 15-yard line. Yeah, it looks like it might be a holding call on the Briarcrest defense. Either way, Clarkson got sacked on that play, so we'll see what the penalty call is. Yeah, MUS uh, may very well just turn this down if it is indeed holding, and it is against Briarcrest. My guess is that MUS will take the play as Briarcrest lost a couple of yards on the sack. Yeah, that is what they'll do. So either way, it'll be about second and 13, as the penalty is declined there by the MUS head coach. Bobby Olson, who just picked up his 200th victory. Congrats to him. Yeah, huge congrats. Very impressive. Fantastic MUS coach. So second down and 13, the ball is back at the 17-yard line. Briarcrest has got to get it out to the 30. Clarkson got a man in motion, fakes it to him, going to run the ball himself, and, yeah, MUS was all over that. That's going to be another loss uh, for the Saints on that play, probably about a loss back to the 15. Yeah, the problem with it for that play for the Saints is they kind of ran that play three times where they would fake the jet sweep to win, and then Clarkson would take it himself. And then once the end, the Owls are ready for it. And now you got a crucial third and 14 here on your own 16. you got to be able for the offensive line. you got to give Clarkson time to throw here and make him step up and make a big play downfield. So the MUS players are up, uh, getting the fans into the game, and their fans are up cheering on this third down and long for Briarcrest. Clarkson has three wideouts to his right. He's back to pass. He's looking. He has time, but now he's under pressure. He's running away from the pressure. He's going to have to throw the ball. He has a man open, and it's caught by Johnson at the 30, on his feet to the 40, still on his feet. He's going to be run out of bounds at the 45-yard line. What a big play in this ball game that was. That's an unbelievable vision by Blake Clark. Blake Clarkson. Steps up in the pocket, motions to Johnson where to go downfield. Great connection those two have. And it's a huge first down, almost at midfield for the Briarcrest Saints. Big, big first down for Briarcrest. MUS was kind of feeling it there. This time they're going to hand the ball off. It's Taylor. He gets the outside, cuts up field. But nice job, of the nice shoestring tackle there for by MUS after about a six-yard gain uh, for Hudson. I mean, excuse me, Logan Taylor. Yeah, great job by Taylor. His first carry of the ball game. He's more of a power-blocking running back than compared to Sleem, but a huge carry there for him, gain of five. So second down and five, Briarcrest has passed the 50-yard line this time. Clarkson back to pass, has time. He has a man. It's Linder. It's caught at the 20, down to the 10, to the 5. He will go all the way to the end zone for a Briarcrest touchdown. Reed Linder. Reed Linder continues to make big plays. Had an unbelievable homecoming night last week with three touchdowns, and he continues to build. That is four touchdowns of the season, and it couldn't come at a bigger time in a must-win game. 
for the Briarcrest Saints. And this momentum, Josh, is completely about flipped as now we have a tie game pinning the Cooper Allen PAT. What an incredible turn of events here. Briarcrest was, had it deep in their own territory, fourth down and 17. I mean, excuse third down and about 17, completed the big pass, and then right after that gets it to Linder for the touchdown. And this game is tied. Cooper Allen's in. The kick is up, and the kick is good. So Briarcrest, with five minutes and 12 seconds left to go in the third quarter, takes the lead over MUS 10-9. to We'll be back right after this radio break. You are listening to Briarcrest Football here on the Mighty 990 KWAM. Briarcrest with 5 minutes and 12 seconds left to go in the third quarter just took a 10 to 9 lead off a big touchdown catch by Reed Linder and and I tell you Parker that the, those two plays that third and long and then the big touchdown pass has really flipped the momentum. Yeah, Blake Clarkson there, fantastic drive, kind of flipping momentum as you said, Josh. Two plays where he looked very comfortable in the pocket and just Made his presence known, the big play to Johnson and then Linder on that fantastic throw. Kick by Allen. It's going to be a low-line driver. It's going to be fielded by MUS at the 2. He's up the field to the 20. He's going to be hit there at the 20 and dragged down about the 21. Nice job by the kick uh, kickoff team for the Saints. Yeah, Jay Setzer, a sophomore linebacker there, making a big play on special teams. And now a huge chance for the Briarcrest defense. They got some momentum. See, they can kind of keep this momentum on their side here with a one-point lead. And we would be remiss if we didn't give a shout-out to Zach Green and Isaiah Robertson and Zeke Taylor, Cage Shivers and Nate Bledsoe. They were the ones giving uh, the quarterback all the time on those two plays. Yeah, he had all day to throw on that one play to Linder there. An unbelievable 80-yard drive by Clarkson. So, MUS has the ball back. It'll be first down and 10 from the 20. They're going to hand it to the running back. And once again, Briarcrest has him in the backfield, and he's going to be wrestled down inside the 15-yard line. They'll give him forward progress to the 15, but that's going to be a five-yard loss for the Owls. Unbelievable job. Trace Mago making his second tackle for loss. Also, Aiden Heydrich and John Richard Odell there on the play. But a fantastic game there from the senior defensive end, Trace Mago. Okay, watch out for number 10, Brady Hughes, this time. It seems like every time they have a a negative play, he just simply keeps the ball and and gets a big gainer. Let's see what they do here. Uh, Hughes is barking at his signals. There's the snap. He's back to pass, but he's going to run the football. And this time, Briarcrest is all over it, and he will be wrestled down back at the 10-yard line. So two running plays in a row and two five-yard losses for MUS. This is exactly what I was just talking about, Josh. Brandon Tucker and his defense making a big statement. Saw the tackle for loss, and then Aiden Heidrich right there, the junior defensive lineman, comes up, breaks through, makes a huge sack here, forcing third and about 20. And so number seven, Wilson LeMay, comes into the game for MUS. It looked like Hughes was pointing to his hand coming off the field. Uh, That's a big development to follow here. So number seven, Wilson LeMay into the game for MUS. It's going to be third down and 20, and this is his first play of the game. The snap is back. He's going to keep it and run up the middle. He does have some running room, and he is knocked flat at the 15-yard line by Briarcrest. That's going to bring up a fourth down for MUS, and they're going to have to punt it. An unbelievable hit by Trey Davis, a junior linebacker, comes out of nowhere and delivers a monster hit on Wilson. That's not the best feeling in the world on your first play of the game to get that kind of hit. That was a big-time hit by the Briarcrest player, so there's the snap. There's the punt. Once again, pressure's a nice punt, though, by the MUS kid. Linder flips it at the 50. He's up to the 45. He spun around. He's still on his feet. Now he's back to the 50. He needs to just go down, and he's still on his feet. He actually got it to the 45, got knocked back to the 50, and then finally got it up to the 49-yard line. Yeah, low the persistence there by Reed Leonard, but only about <laughs> one yard gain on the play after about four efforts. Either way, a huge chance here for Blake Clarkson, the Brackers offense, after a beautiful drive last time going 80 yards 
And taking off about four minutes of that clock here, chance to make a huge seven. As that looks like Trace may go down, huge blow for the Saints, and he's had a fantastic game with two tackles for loss. Yeah, he is down at about the 49-yard line. Briarcrest has the ball first and 10 on the MUS side of the field, the 49-yard line. But, yeah, Magro's down. The entire Briarcrest staff is out. Uh, uh, training staff is out looking at him, and uh, hopefully he will be okay. But what a – yeah, I, you know, I, sometimes people say we don't give the offensive linemen enough credit, but we do have to give them credit. They gave Clarkson all day to pass on those two big plays, and uh, he took advantage of it. Yeah, fantastic. That's actually been a struggle of us this season, especially in the run game, and it's really been impressive how well they've played tonight, Josh, especially those senior-led guys like Nate Bledsoe and Zach Green have been really stepping up tonight, providing blocking and protection on those outside as they're the two tackles, and a fantastic job, and hopefully they can continue that on this drive and keep providing Clarkson time to throw. And you wonder how serious this injury here is for the MUS quarterback Brady. He's trying to warm it back up here on the near sideline, closest. And we did see Wilson DeMay come in at the end of that drive. He's more of a passing quarterback. But either way, Magro so, getting off the field. And I think we're almost ready here for this drive. Yeah, Magro's walking off under his own power, so he looks like he's going to be okay. So Briarcrest back on offense. They have the ball on the MUS side of the field at the 49-yard line. It'll be first down in 10, three minutes and 12 seconds left to go in the third quarter. Briarcrest leads 10-9 to in a game that's gone back and forth. The Saints are going to run a reverse. Linder looks like he wants to throw the ball. He Now he's going to keep it. He's going to go upfield. He still has it. He's to the 45, and he's going to run out of bounds. Reed Linder's gone a lot of real estate for about seven yards those last two plays. Yeah, it's a fun little trick play. I got to see them work on it in practice a couple times this weekend. He was the intended target there was especially Donaldson didn't quite get it after Reed had the pressure. If he had time to throw that, he was open downfield. But Reed Linder did pick up six yards, so it's still a positive play there for Briarcrest. Gonna be second down and four. Ball is at the forty three yard line. Clarkson is back. He is going to fake the handoff. He's going to throw it out in the flat. The ball is complete. It's Linder. He's at to the 40, 35, still on his feet, all the way down to the 30 for a Briarcrest first down. Reed Linder continues to be a crucial playmaker for this team. His sixth reception tonight already has a touchdown, over 50, over 60 reception yards, an unbelievable game from this senior. So, Briarcrest first down and 10, balls at the 30. Saints are leading 10 to 9 here late in the third quarter. They hand the ball to Salim. Salim's got a little bit of running room. He's still on his feet, but he'll be bottled up quickly for about a two yard gain. Yeah, great job with that interior defensive line. That looked like number 62. Dion Sutzer, three star interior defensive lineman. They're making a huge play. So they'll actually only give him one. It'll be second down and nine for Briarcrest. The ball is spotted at the 29 yard line. The snap is back. They're going to pitch it to Salim again. He's trying to get the outside. He has a little bit of running room. He'll cut up field for another two or three yards. So that's going to bring up third down and long for the Saints. Yeah, much better, a little bit better job there by Salim using that outside block by the left tackle, Zach Green, there to give him a little bit of a yardage gain of about two there. So we got third and long, third and around seven, maybe a, a short eight long seven. Briarcrest has got to get it down to the 20-yard line. Ball's about on the 27. So, big play in the game here. They are going to fake the handoff. Clarkson's rolling out. He has time. He's looking downfield. Now he looks like he wants to run it. He is going to run it. He's going to be run out of bounds at the 26-yard line. And that looked like Parker, kind of like a quarterback. He knew he might have another play to get the first down, so he just went on and picked up a few yards there that he was able to get. And I, I suspect the Saints will go for it here. 
Yeah, it would have made more sense if he got a little bit more yards, but they marked him right at the original line of scrimmage there, so only a, no gain on the play, fourth and eight here. Yeah, I thought he had actually gotten out of bounds at about the 26, but yeah, they, he must have stepped out before before that. So now we've got fourth down and long, fourth and eight for Briarcrest, another big play in the game. Has three wideouts to the left. The MUS fans are getting into the game. They're up cheering. MUS showing blitz. Now Briarcrest will look to the sidelines. Uh, there is still seven seconds left to go on the play clock. Let's see if the Saints may even have to call a timeout yep. here. There's four seconds, three, two, and they will call a timeout. So there is a timeout on the field. We'll take one as well. You are listening to Briarcrest Football on the Mighty 990 KWAM. We are back at Memphis University School, where and you're listening to Briarcrest Football. Briarcrest with one minute and 40 seconds Left to go in the third quarter has taken the lead against MUS 10 to 9. So Parker May, it's fourth down and eight. Briarcrest has it down on MUS's 27, uh, yeah, about, excuse me, yeah, 27 ish, 28 yard line. They're going for it. What do you think about that decision? I like the play call from Robbie Donaldson, the offensive coordinator for the Saints. I think it might be a little bit out of your range of your kicker, Cooper. I want to be about a 45 yarder from here. And we've seen the go for it many times on fourth down and been successful a couple of times. And I do like the play call here. Where do you try to get it to Max Carroll or maybe Reed Linder? What do you try to do here? I'm definitely looking for Max Carroll. See if they can get him in a little bit of space. Maybe something over the middle of the field. So there's the ball. Fakes a handoff. He's going to keep it himself. Clarkson, he fumbled the football. It looks like MUS came up with it. It was one of those plays where it, he looked like he was going to fake the handoff, try to show run, and then pop up and throw the ball. But in the midst of all that, the ball popped out and MUS got it. Yeah, it wouldn't matter if they got it, but anyway, a huge play from the MUS defensive line again, making a huge play, momentum swinging. It looks like it is going to be Wilson the May back out on the quarterback position. Brady Hughes must have been doing with that hand injury. Yeah, he was looking at his hand when he ran off the field last time, and so LeMay is in at quarterback. This will be his second play of the game. He, there's the snap. He's back to throw. He's looking. He has a man downfield, and whoo-hoo-hoo, big-time hit by the Saints. Knocked that ball away. John Richard Earl almost <laughs> got a hand on it, but that was Cannon LaRusso, the free safety, coming out of nowhere and delivering a huge hit on the intended target, number 88, William Taylor, their quarterback's favorite target. He has over almost 200 receiving yards this season. LeMay's still in the game at quarterback. He's more of a passing threat, not as much of a runner compared to Brady Hughes. Yeah, MUS is going to be looking around for number 14, LaRusso. That was a massive hit on their tight end, and the ball popped out, so it's going to be second down and 10. MUS, now he's rolling out, looking down the field. He throws it, has a man, nice catch by the kid. He's going to cut up field. He's going to get close to a first down, but he's going to now a late penalty flag comes in. The gain on the play was about eight or nine yards, so it's going to bring up third down and short, but we'll see what the penalty's all about. Might be a face mask on the Saints are possibly a holding. I would think it's a face mask. Let's see. The referee is uh, neither team is uh, showing much yet. It will be face mask against Briarcrest, so that's going to be a first down for MUS. Lots of big momentum swings in this game. Hopefully this won't be one for MUS here. It's only the uh, five-yard variety, but yeah. still, that's first down. Still a huge crucial penalty. It moves the chains. It would have been third and short, and MUS ready to rock and roll here. They got, they're lined up very quickly. Yo, Wilson LeMay is the quarterback. He uh, fakes the handoff, going to keep it himself. He's going to go to the outside. He's going to actually get a little running room, and, boy, he got shoved out of bounds late, but I do not see. Yeah, here comes the flag. It was He was definitely hit uh, hit late that time, so that's going to be a late hit on the Saints. He might have hit late, but that was a very – that was even a later flag. Oh, no, that was extreme. <laughs> it was almost like the referee over there was expecting one of the other referees to throw the flag, and when they didn't, uh, uh, the 
referee way behind the play called it, but he was out of bounds. There's no doubt. Back to back, inexcusable penalties, Josh, for the Saints. And that could be a crucial thing for them later in this game with about a minute to go here in the third quarter. Because the defense has been stopping MUS for the most part. Uh, really, the, some of their best offensive plays have been big penalties against the Saints. Yeah, so after that penalty, the Saints now almost have 100 penalty yards. That's their eighth penalty of the game. Close to 90 penalty yards now on the evening. That's not something you need as MUS has kind of been struggling, especially this third quarter on offense. Yeah, there's a minute seven to go in the third quarter. That's going to get the ball all the way down inside the 40-yard line down to the 37. That's where MUS will have it. First down and 10, they are inside Briarcrest territory. Wilson LeMay at a quarterback takes a snap. Fakes the handoff. He's going to keep it himself. He will get to the outside, and he will get a nice gainer. He's going to get it all the way down inside the 30-yard line, about a nine-yard pickup that time for LeMay. Yeah, close to the first down, finally taken down by Max Carroll, the junior, senior linebacker, I should say, the TCU commit. Second and about a one yard. Yeah, if I'm MUS, I'm not a football coach, but I do have opinions on football, and I'm just keeping that quarterback run going. It works almost every time, and they seem to get in trouble when they get away from it. LeMay, once again, he's going to run the ball. This time he's a little bit slow, and yet he'll be bottled up. He'll be tackled very quickly. Oh, boy, good job by him to lunge forward and at least get a little something out of it. I don't believe he got the first down, though. I don't think it either, but great job by John Richardola. LeMay was being a little bit patient and. Odo jumps right on the football and makes a big play. It's still going to be third and about two. Yeah, they actually actually lost a yard. It, uh, he must have already been down when he did that little lunge forward. So, MUS, as they tend to do on these situations, they're going to bring two extra tight ends in the game. I suspect they will put LeMay under center. Uh, but actually, that's going to be the end of the third quarter. So, at the end of the third quarter, it's Briarcrest 10, MUS 9. You are listening to Briarcrest Saints football here on the Mighty 990 KWAM. While we were away, MUS went for or didn't go for it. It was third down and one. Went with a quarterback sneak and got the first down. So, they will have it first down and 10. And once again, LeMay will keep the ball. This time, though, Briarcrest is all over him. He might get about a half a yard, but that's about it for LeMay. Yeah, great job that time by Trey Davis. Reading the read option perfectly and taking down LeMay for a maybe a gain of one. That's really the thing that Briarcrest has been struggling with, Josh, this t- tonight on defense. Reading the read option, especially when the quarterback keeps it. Yeah, did a much better job that time. So LeMay is into the game. Brady Hughes, the quarterback who had been doing so successful running the football against the Saints, uh, came out with what looked to be a hand injury, and he has not been back in. So it's second down and nine for MUS. There's a snap. They're going to give it to the running back this time. He will have running room to the outside. He's going to cut up field, and he's going to get a first down all the way inside the 15-yard line down to the 13. Huge momentum drive here for the Owls, taking control of this game with a chance to take the lead here as they now enter the red zone. So, yeah, MUS uh, was aided by a couple of big penalties by Briarcrest to start this drive, put them, give them very uh, favorable field position, and they're taking advantage of it. The ball is first down, first and 10. It's spotted on the 13. Looks like LeMay's having a little bit of trouble getting the play call in, but now he has it. He's got plenty of time. There's a snap. Keeps it up the middle, has running room, gets to the outside. It's going to cut up the field. He will be hit and dropped right down by the first down marker. So, once again, I tell you, doesn't matter who the quarterback is. They're having success with those quarterback keepers. Yeah, great job on the May. And doesn't matter, who, as you said, Josh, doesn't matter who it is. Keep running the quarterback football. Keep running the football with your quarterback for the house. Now you got first and goal. They go to their pro package with the two tight ends here. 
number 85, number 89, William Watkins and Casey Cooper, both tight ends just checking into the game. Typically, MUS goes under center, and they will, and what they normally do is run a quarterback sneak, and the running back just tries to shove the running back forward. They tried it this time, and it didn't work. May have got about a half a yard down to, um, you know, close to the one-yard line, but it's going to bring up second down and goal from there. Yeah, much great job there by the Briar Coach Stevenson. At this one, I don't even know if I tried anything different for the Owls. That will event, it seems like that will eventually work with the way they've been playing tonight. We're underway here in the fourth quarter. Nine minutes and 50 seconds left to go in the ball game. Briarcrest leading 10 to 9, but MUS is way down on the one yard line. Second down. And now MUS jumps off sides. That's going to be a penalty against the. <laughs> and the offensive lineman is extremely upset with himself, number 70. Uh, so that's going to be that's a huge play there, Parker. Going to back him up to the six. Yeah, Briarcrest hadn't been giving MUS a ton of breaks in this drive with a huge face mask and then late hit penalties. And now it's a false start on the Owls. They'll back up to almost a seven-yard line here for second and goal from the seven. That's actually 78, Nicholas Matthews, who jumped off sides. He was very frustrated with himself, so they actually moved the ball back to the seven. So that's where it's going to be second down and goal from the seven for MUS. And now they're going to have to hurry up and get this play in. There's only four seconds left, three seconds, two, and actually MUS will call a timeout. So there's a timeout on the field. We will take one as well. You're listening to Briarcrest Football on the mighty 990. We're back at MUS. Briarcrest leads 10 to 9, 9 minutes and 15 seconds left to go in the ball game. Briarcrest leads, but MUS is threatening. They have it second down and goal on the seven yard line. They just had a five yard penalty. They were down at the two. Uh, so now they're backed up to the seven and then couldn't get the playoff, so they had to call timeout. So we'll see if that ends up uh, being a problem from them later. Wilson the May still at quarterback for the Owls. After number 10, Brady Hughes had a hand injury. They go out of their strong pro package back end of their receivers, four receivers here on the play. So Perry in it running back. He's had an uneven game, so he's going to roll out. He's going to throw the ball, has his tight end. It's caught, and he will be shoved out. And MUS is about to kick the ball off. Owls just took the lead 19-10 over Briarcrest on a touchdown run by their running back, T. Perry. There is the kick. It's a low-line driver. It's going to hit, though, at the five-yard line and go into the end zone. End zone, so Briarcrest will take over first and 10 at the 20. Yeah, yeah. as I just said, got to get something going fast, and you got to get this momentum guy back in your way. Try to get some early first downs. Look for your big targets there, Max Carroll and Devin Johnson, to hopefully get involved early. Johnson's kind of had a quiet game, had that big catch on the one-third down. That's about it for him. Stay tuned for the postgame show with scores from across the Mid-South. Josh Rivera will be taking your calls on tonight's game. Give him a call at 901-260-5626. That's 901-260-5626. So Briarcrest has it first down and 10. The ball is at the 20-yard line. Saints find themselves down by nine. Fake to Salim, pass out to Linder. He catches it, and he will be hit at the line of scrimmage. Will lunge forward for – well, it wasn't Linder. That was actually Donaldson for about a one-yard gain. Yeah, just couldn't get anything going on that screen action play. They've been very good on those, and that's where Briarcrest and we look to capitalize, especially with Linder. The MUS has been all over those tonight. Great job of that defensive back there, number zero, Brandon Nicholson, making the big play. Yeah, he's a good football player, Nicholson. He's a, He scares you on the punt return game for sure. But this time, so Brian Crest did get a yard to be second and a nine, ball to 21, fake the handoff, have Linder in the middle of the field this time. He's got the first down all the way out to the 32-yard line, and there's your man, your playmaker, Reed Linder. Absolutely. One of the 
players of the game for the Saints so far tonight, seven catches on the evening. Probably 100 yards by now. That probably right put him over. He's up to 90 before this drive. Got the chains moving. Ball on about the 33-yard line now for the Saints. First down there, so it'll be first and 10 for Briar Crest. Five minutes and about 25 seconds left to go in the ball game. Clarkson back to pass, looking, going to throw it, has a man, and it's knocked away by MUS at the last second. Great job there. Trying to find Donaldson. Wasn't a bad throw, but Brandon Nicholson just made a fantastic play. Well, the two-sport athlete also plays basketball here for the Owls. Another great play for him. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a fine football player, a tremendous athlete. Plays obviously just made a good defensive play there. But where, like I just said, where he really scares is on those punt returns. So Briarcrest, it'll be second down and ten. The ball's at the thirty-three yard line for the Saints. Clarkson takes a snap, back to pass, under pressure, rolling away from it. He's going to have to throw it quick, and he does, and that's going to might that might be called a fumble. Let's see what they say. It looks like the Saints. So now they're fighting for the ball down around the thirty-three yard line. Let's see what the refs say, and they're going to say MUS recovered it. That boy, that was a close call that time. It looked to me like Blake. Um, had his uh, arm going forward, but the referee thought differently, and so that's another huge, huge turnover for the Saints. It looked like an incomplete pass. He was trying to get rid of the football, but they're still going to say it's MUS football. A crucial turnover by Blake Clarkson, the quarterback, and a really tough spot for him to perform in, but either way, MUS will get the ball in great field position at the Briarcrest 32-yard line. Yeah, I tell you, Linder did a beautiful job of actually falling on that ball first, but uh, there was, you know, like five MUS players around him, and the ball kind of squirted out after Linder fell on it, and MUS was able to get it. I, You know, it looked to me like an incomplete pass, but it doesn't make any difference what I think. It's what the referee thinks. So now MUS has it first down. They're going to hand it to the running back, and he's going to be uh, just gobbled up very quickly by the Briarcrest defense. Actually may have lost a yard on that play. Yeah, great job by Max Carroll and Jordan Brimlett. Coming up from that right side of the defensive line, and Max coming up from the linebacker position. Hitting T. Perry behind the line, about a one-yard loss, Josh, as you said. And this Briarcrest defense has been keeping you alive in this football game. Yeah, Briarcrest defense played very, very well. They've had to overcome some uh, turnovers like they're trying to overcome here, and they've had to overcome uh, MUS getting the ball in good field position. But if they can get the stop here and Briarcrest get the ball back quickly and score, we still have a ball game. MUS, as it is, has its second down 11 ball at the 33-yard line. Under center will go the quarterback this time, and now they're going to take their time. They're going to let the clock run down. They're going to hand it to the rainback Perry. He will hit the line of scrimmage. He's still on his feet. Will actually get a nice gain. He's still on his feet. Gets almost the first down. He's going to end up picking up about eight, uh, well, about eight or nine yards. It's going to be uh, third down and short now. Yeah, very close to the first down. That's the strength of T. Perry they're showing off right there, Josh, fighting his way, breaking a couple tackles from the Briarcrest secondary. Third and about two, they'll call him there. He's got to get to about the 22-yard line. In MUS, as you might expect, they are in absolutely no hurry. There's under four minutes to go in this ballgame, and they lead by nine points. And there are 20, just under 20 seconds left to go on the play clock, so they are probably going to just let that play clock run down to under 10 seconds before they even think about trying to run a play, and that's exactly what they do. The quarterback, number seven, Wilson LeMay, up under center. He's going to give it to Perry again, and this time he's hitting the backfield and goes down. Beautiful job that time of the Briarcrest defensive front. On the play, that's Aiden Heydrich, his third tackle for loss in the night, playing very well, stepping up as a junior defensive lineman. Going to be fourth and about four here for the, for the Owls, and looks like they're going to send the kicking unit on the field. I would suspect they would. Fourth and four would be a long way to go for it, but they're going to let this clock run down. 
before they make any kind of decision. Now LeMay is jogging back out on the field. There's still, uh, you know, 18, 17 seconds to go on the play clock. So uh, it's to MUS's advantage to let this. And so actually they're going to leave the offense on the field. So it's going to be fourth down and four. The ball is at the 26-yard line. They've got to get down to the 22. LeMay's rolling out. He's looking up field. He tries to pitch. Actually, he faked a pitch, kept it. He will be stopped short of the first down, so the Briarcrest offense will take over. Yeah, great job by the Briarcrest defense. Continuing to have a very impressive game. Stepping up, getting a stop, and giving your offense a fighting chance now with just over two and a half to go. Two minutes and 37 seconds to go to be exact, so I don't, you know, it's it's an uphill climb here for the Saints, no doubt about it, but uh, what has to happen here, Parker, is a fairly quick touchdown and then a onside kick, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. We've seen crazier things, Josh, and you got a chance. Blake Clarkson has the ability to make some plays. we gotta, we got to get more consistent plays from him, though. Got to be able to make some consistent big plays, as I just said, and he's able to have done that. He's had some big plays to Linder and Carroll tonight, see if they can find them early in this drive. So two wideouts to the right, two wideouts to the left, running back in the backfield. Clarkson back to pass, has a man, it's caught, that's Walker. He will uh, turn up field, and he gets right to about the first down marker. Looks like he's going to have it, so it'll be first down and 10 for Briarcrest at the 37-yard line. Nice play that time by Walker. Yeah, great job by Walker, Josh's first catch of the night. Got to go fast here if you're the Saints, though. So Clarkson, he is going fast. He gets the ball. He's back to pass. Has a little bit of time. He's rolling out. Has a man, but it's underthrown. Did he intercept it? No, they're saying the ball hit the ground. The ball hit Donaldson's hands, popped up in the air. The MUS player caught it, but the referee said the ball hit the ground. That was very close to being an interception. I was like, oh. It was a close call. Heads up play that by number 22 for the Owls. Hudson Shove. Jumping on the football and trying to make a play. Second and 10 now for the Saints. So, Briar Crest, two minutes and 12 seconds ago. They're down 19 to 10. Back to passes. Clarkson, he's under tremendous pressure, but he gets it away. It's caught by Donaldson up the field. Beautiful job of staying on his feet, and he's going to get all the way down for a Briar Crest first down. That was a great play by Clarkson, but what a beautiful job by Donaldson. Run after the catch. Yeah, fantastic job by Donaldson after the catch. Got tripped up after a two-yard gain. Continue to fight and stay on his feet for a Briarcrest first down near midfield. Yeah, he really should have been brought down for about a five-yard gain, and then that was just all a Donaldson effort after that. So Briarcrest has three wideouts tight this time. They're going to pitch the ball. They're actually Salim's going to throw it. He has a man open. It's Linder. He catches it. But I tell you, that was a heck of a throw by uh, Salim because <laughs> the Linder was not that open, but they did catch the ball and be another Briarcrest first, first down. Yeah, great job by Salim. Another <laughs> trick play we've seen. Coach Robbie Donaldson, the Saints, pull out of their pocket here late in this ball game. So here we go. Clarkson uh, uh, running quickly here, back to pass, looking, throwing down field. Has a man that's going to be caught. That's Donaldson again, and that's going to be very close to the first down. Yeah, a very promising drive here, Josh and Blake Clarkson, continuing to fight and saying this football game. Still got a minute, 37 seconds. I had about the 30-yard line now. And just as a reminder, people, Blake Clarkson was hurt most of the year. First game he played this year, he played at linebacker. Didn't get moved to quarterback until late in the week last week, and he's playing a heck of a ball game tonight. Second and a one. He's back to pass. He's looking downfield. He's going to go to the end zone. He has a man wide open, and it is Donaldson for a Briarcrest touchdown. And with one minute and 31 seconds to go, that'll make it MUS 19, Briarcrest 16. Blake Clarkson, as we just said, <laughs> continues to step up. And there's your deep threat, Caleb Donaldson. Leads a team an average reception length, and that's a big play for him. Another your big play master in Caleb Donaldson, his second touchdown of the season. 
So, one minute and 31 seconds to go out on the field is Cooper Allen. This will be a point after. Obviously, a big one because you would like to get it where a field goal will win the ball game for you. So, Cooper Allen in to kick. What a just fantastic drive that time by Briarcrest. And I can't say enough good about Blake Clarkson. Just phenomenal. Kick is up. The kick is good. So, Briarcrest. Why don't we just keep this one here, Parker, and talk a little bit about this. It's 19-17, to 17, minute 31 to go. Onside kick, big big, big spot in the game right now. Yeah, we had another onside kick a couple weeks ago when we were playing Chris Woods at home. Yep. And it was a very good kick from Cooper Allen, so you definitely have a chance here for the Saints. And that was a very impressive drive by Blake Carson. Nothing but positive things you can say about his performance tonight. A gutsy performance by him. That throw to Donaldson was spectacular. The other throw down here in the other end zone to Reed Leonard early in the game was a beautiful throw. He's making big plays when we need him the most, and that's what I love about Blake Clarkson. And just so the offensive line's parents won't get mad, I've got to say Zach Green, Isaiah Robertson, Zeke Taylor, Cade Shivers, and Nate Bledsoe, Blake had plenty of time uh, every time on that drive. He had all the time on that last th- play, a 31-yard bomb to Caleb Donaldson. So Briarcrest will line up for the onside kick. Cooper Allen into the game. He is aiming toward the Briarcrest sideline to his right. Briarcrest has all their hands guys over there on that side of the field. MUS, of course, has their hands guys in too. There's the kick. It's going to hit the MUS player right in the chest. He fumbled it for a second, but then was able to pounce on it. So it'll be MUS football first and 10 at the 50. Yeah, that just about seals it. Briarcrest only has two timeouts with a minute and a half remaining, so it would be near impossible for them to get the ball back. Either way, a very gutsy performance and an impressive performance by Blake Clarkson. And you got to give credit to Brandon Tucker and the Broncos defense. They made big plays. They kept you alive in this football game. But it was really that special teams there that kind of sealed the deal. Yeah, it really did. And uh, so MUS, they actually spotted at the 49-yard line. There's a minute 31 to go. And MUS will probably go to a knee. Let's see what they do. Quarterback's under center. He'll actually hand it to the running back. That's Perry. He will uh, stay on his feet and lunge forward. He's going to pick up about five on the play. It'll be second down and five for MUS. Yeah, Coach Stewart takes one of his two timeouts remaining here with a minute 23 to go. MUS just needs one first down to put this game away. So we will take a timeout with him. You're listening to Briarcrest Football on KWAM. The Mighty 990 will be back right after this. We're back at MUS. Briarcrest is trailing the Owls. The Owls lead 19-17. to They're over the Saints, Briar, there is one minute and 23 seconds left to go in the ball game. MUS has it first down, um, excuse me, second down and about four, maybe five at the 45-yard line. They have their quarterback under center, and they will turn around and hand it to the running back, Perry. He will try to get the outside. Boy, he laid his shoulder down and kind of planted him right into the Briarcrest defender. But the Saints do get him down to the ground short of the first down. It's going to bring up a third down and short, and Briarcrest will use their last time out. No? Yes, they do. So, Parker, we'll keep it here. So, next week, uh, MUS is going to be off, but uh, the Saints have a home game against uh, the Pure – What is, it's the Pure Athletic Alliance. Yeah, so it's, you know, we've played the past couple years. They kind of formed that year right after COVID. COVID, yeah. Yeah, the COVID year, actually, when they formed. They've been a tough opponent. They had a quarterback, Tevin Carter, who's now at the University of Memphis. I believe he's the backup quarterback right now, and he – was very tough to guard. He was kind of like uh, Hughes, the guy that started the game for the Owls, was very mobile, yeah. dual threat, strong quarterback. And we'll see what they're like this year. And we also play them in a couple weeks here at their own field. So be a good chance for the Briarcrest Saints before they get a bye week and then they take on SBA. 
So you going anywhere for fall break? I am. We're going down to Florida and taking a little bit of a short cruise. Oh, good for you. That'll be fun. We are going down to Florida as well. Going to be on the, down to Rosemary Beach. So anyway, MUS is back out on the field. It's going to be third down in about two for the Owls. They get a first down here. It looks like they fumbled the snap, or it's going to be actually a false start for uh, MUS. So that's going to back them up five yards. So Briarcrest, if they can get the stop here, you know, uh, it won't be much time left, but they will get the ball back. That's going to make it fourth down and about seven, maybe even eight for the Owls. I mean, excuse me, third down. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah. I'm wanting it to be fourth down. I do too, Josh. <laughs> and, uh, if we do get to fourth down, which I think they can because I'm expecting another run play here. LeMay still at quarterback. Has been very successful here once uh, number 10, Brady Hughes, got injured, had a hand injury here late in the third quarter. He will go under center again. He being the quarterback, he's going to turn. He'd give it to his running back, and this time Briarcrest stops him right at the line of scrimmage. They need to go ahead and blow that play dead, and they do. So it's a minute nine to go. There's going to be about 37 seconds roll off. So MUS will have to punt the ball to Briarcrest uh, with uh, you know 30 or so seconds to go in the game. It's fourth down and seven for the Owls. Trey Davis is just limping off the field. Looked like an ankle injury. We'll have to keep that in note for next week against Pure. But either way, the Saints will get the ball back with about 20 seconds to go. Maybe time for two plays. I'm just calling here. Reed Linder's going to get the ball and take it back. Take it, return it for a touchdown. You know, that'd be entertaining. <laughs> that'd be one way in the game. <laughs> that would be a wonderful. So now MUS is going to call their one of their last two timeouts because they have let the clock run down to exactly 30 seconds. We'll just keep it here. Uh, so, anyway, so you're, y'all are going to take a cruise? Yeah, it should be a fun weekend. I'm, where are y'all going again? Rosemary? Rosemary that Beach. should be a lot of fun. Yeah, we'll be down there the whole week. and leave Sunday, uh, Sunday through Sunday. We're looking forward to it. Uh, one of my daughters and son-in-law will be down there as well and one of my grandchildren. So we're going to have a nice little family reunion little family, kind of trip. little yeah. family trip, yeah. So you think Linder's running it back? <laughs> uh, that's what I'm calling right now. If MUS uh, if it, kicks if it to kick, him. I, I think they'll kick it to him because that would run off more clock theoretically for them. Yeah, well, we'll see. Reed Linder's a dangerous football player. So he is standing back just inside the 10-yard line. There's exactly 30 seconds to go. MUS is back out on the field. They're about to punt the ball. The punt is away, but now there's a penalty flag down. Let's see what that's all about. It's going to be another penalty on MUS, the five-yard variety. Um now, that should have been a dead ball. Yeah, they let three seconds go off the clock. They actually need to put those back on. Um, let's see if Coach Stewart reminds the referee of that. They are about to punt again. They have not put the three seconds back on yet. But it looks like the referees are going to stop. Yeah, now they put them back there on there. There we go. You, want- you never know how big those three seconds could have been later in this football game. Well, and I tell you, now Reed Linder's up, you know, right at the 15-yard line. So, I mean. Um, he might gives, get a chance. He might get a chance here. There's the snap. The kick is a terrible kick. It went straight up in the air. It's going to go out of bounds at the 45-yard line. And with 25, I don't think Briarcrest even blocked that ball. It was just a miss hit. Hit it off the end of his foot. I'm shocked, Josh, and the Briarcrest student section erupts because they see now they have a fantastic chance to win this football game with 25 seconds to go. 
The ball on the MUS 47-yard line. Unbelievable. It just The punter just had a, a brain aneurysm, it looked like. He, <laughs> I mean, Briarcrest had a little bit of pressure on him, but I don't think they got a hand on the ball, and it went straight up in the air and then out of bounds. Briarcrest now has it first down and 10 at the 47-yard line. Saints. Momentum. Swing of the century. Oh, unbelievable. So Clarkson in the game, 25 seconds left to go. Briarcrest has no timeouts left. MUSF have won. Back to pass is Clarkson. He's under a little bit of pressure. Rolls away from it. He drops the football and picks it up, and he's going to go down, and that may be the last play of the game. Let's see if Briarcrest can get up and spike the ball. There are 15 seconds left, 14, 13. They look like they will be able to line up and spike the ball 10 seconds, and they will spike it with eight seconds left to go in the game. Wow, that was a – Big, big play in the ball game right there. That was two ridiculous roller coaster <laughs> plays there, Josh. You had the worst punt I've seen in high school in a long time. A period. It looked like a, a period. Worst punt, period. Maybe you got back to the line of scrimmage. <laughs> Maybe. Either way. And then you had the crazy fumble by Clarkson. So now you have third and 11 with eight seconds to go, potentially the, probably the last play of the yeah, game. Yeah, this will be the last play of the game. So they'll have to just try to get some – Receivers down the end zone, the uh, safeties from MUS back to pass. They're going to throw it short, though, and uh, the ball is going to hit in front of Devin Johnson, fall incomplete. So it was a very – actually, the, well, there's three seconds left to go, so it's going to be fourth down and 11. And, yeah, it looked like they're going to try to run the old hook and ladder that time, but uh, couldn't get it to Johnson. Would you try the hook and ladder or would you try a Hail Mary? Well, I mean, at this point, now that they've tried it, I think you're going to have to go with the, uh, uh, with the Hail Mary. I think you've got some receivers where you can make that happen. you got the big Max Carroll, Devin Johnson, and Reed Leonard here on the left side. And then your deep threat, Caleb Donaldson, on the right. But I would look to try to heave it up to these three on the left side. Yeah, three wide outs to the left. Clarkson back in the shotgun. He's looking to the sidelines, getting the signals there. This will be the last play of the game. MUS has all their defensive backs back. Clarkson running. He throws the ball down the field. He has one man over there. It's going to be Donaldson, but it'll be easily knocked down by MUS. And that will be your final here. Uh, from MUS, uh, very good football game. Briarcrest tried to uh, come back late and win it, but they were unable to. So MUS wins the game 19-17. to And Parker May, that was uh, you know a, a fun football game, but a tough way to lose for the Saints. Yeah, very tough loss for the Saints. You hate it because now you follow the 0-3 in region play. You have to be fighting and clawing your way back to just make the playoffs. And the thing about that is I admire the resiliency from Blake Clarkson. Yep. Tough start was a linebacker. Last week was his first – or two weeks ago against Christian was his first game back from injury. And now he comes back. has a good warm-up against Wooddale last week. And the players are going to have to be separated at midfield. Yeah, I know. That's uh, – I, I was – at first I was – one. actually that happened in the handshake line. Uh, it must have been some uh, back-and-forth stuff going on. But uh, so now they've finally got the team separated. So what we will do, Parker, we will go back to Josh Rivera in the KWAM studios. And I believe, Josh, uh, you're going to kick it back to us for a few post-game thoughts, and then, uh, and then that'll be it. Is that what we're doing? That's right. Okay, so back to the KWAM studios, and we'll be back in just a few minutes. From the mighty 990 Broadcast Center, it's the EPM Appraisals Post Game Show. EPM Appraisals, evaluating property in the Mid-South. Here's Josh Rivera. Well, it was a close game for Briarcrest. They were so close in pulling away 
what could have been a victory, but it was a loss for them. 17-19 against MUS and the Owls. This is the post-game show here in the Mighty 990, Mighty 990 Studios here. This is the post-game show sponsored by EPM Appraisals, uh, evaluating property in the Mid-South. And I want to get back to uh, the, the field over there at MUS where Parker's joining me. And Parker, you know, this is a tough loss for Briarcrest who came back in the second half. Where did this go wrong for the Saints who made it really close there in the, in the end? Yeah, Josh, as you said, it was a tough defeat, a heartbreaking loss for all Saints fans. And I think the main difference in that game was the turnover battle, but really the special teams issue where Cooper Allen, the punter, took a little bit too long on that punt, kind of mishandled the snap, couldn't get it off in time. And that was the difference in that game because you saw MUS take over about the 20-yard line and they walked down and scored on the very next play. Yeah, and, you know, Briarcrest, they're 0-3 in the division after this loss against MUS. You know, what does this mean for Briarcrest, you know, as the playoffs are, are right around the horizon? Yeah, it's a very unfamiliar circumstance. You're not used to it as a Saints fan. I'm not used to it being a student at Briarcrest, but you still have a chance, Josh. I think this team can still fight, and I don't think this team will. This isn't like the Saints do give up like this. I don't think they're, I don't think they're done. No, and I mean, you guys went 9-1 and last year in the regular season, so I know this is a more than capable team uh, for the rest of the season. And you know, last question, three more games all happen to be at home there for you guys. How much will that help the Saints to be back in, you know, being in familiar territory? I think that helps a ton, Josh, especially playing on the road in this region. MUS is a very tough place to play. Going on there into Brentwood is a tough place to play, just traveling up to Nashville. And so I think I think that it's a hopeful thing being able to come back home for these last couple of games and try to get a win streak going and build some momentum heading into the playoffs. All right. Well, Parker, thank you. And we'll see you next week whenever, you know, Briarcrest plays Pure Academy. Uh, great job there out in the field, and we'll see you next week. Absolutely. Thank you. All right, that was Parker May. He's, you know, the play-by-play guy. He's doing it with Josh Davis. They've been doing a fantastic job. And I definitely want to go ahead and, uh, you know, pivot to some scores. We have a lot of scores coming down the wire as, you know, uh, the games are coming to an end. And I, I'm going to give you some updates on some of the games from uh, last night. You know, Ridgeway and Wooddale. Ridgeway took that win uh, 38-0. to And Wooddale still searching for their first win of the season. They weren't able to do so. St. Benedict and East, you know, St. Benedict actually got their first win of the season last night. They beat East 52 to 34. Congratulations to the St. Benedict of at Arbondale Eagles for your first win. Melrose and Craigmont. Now I talked about this team. Melrose and Craigmont both really, really impressive season so far. Melrose, of course, winning that game against Craigmont 45 to 20 last night. Uh, Craigmont they're 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 going to have a six and one record, and then Melrose they they're going to improve to a five and one record. And of course, this is a Melrose team that has been really really impressive. You know, they actually lost last week, unfortunately, um, when they played when they played Haywood, but they've still started out the gate four straight wins, uh, and they actually went eight. You know, after this one against Craigmont, they went eighteen and two all time against them. You know, putting them at a 5-1 record prior to last night's game. You know, it wasn't all bad for Craigmont, although they lost last night. You know, before the game, they were actually 6-0 and for the first time since 1996. You know, they've actually secured their first winning record uh, since 2014 when they went 7-4. and So even though they had a tough loss, you know, this is still a really great season for them. And there's still plenty of wins left on their schedule if they continue to play the way that they have been. And you also have White Station and Cordova. White Station actually gaining their second win of the season. So they're improving. And, and, you know, of course, they've taken that victory against Cordova. And then MASAE, you know, they finished last night against Westwood 50-0. to 
MASA have actually been really impressive as well. They're still undefeated, and actually, uh, they've actually held every team that they've played so far this season scoreless. Not one team has scored against them. Their defense is extremely stellar, and I think you need to start putting them in the conversation for top three, definitely top five in the Memphis area. And one of those teams that's actually still in that conversation for top team in the Memphis area is Lausanne. They're actually winning tonight against ECS 37-7 to in that game. Lausanne, of course, you know, they were one of the top teams in the Memphis area to start out the season until they dropped a big one against Bartlett. Um, and of course, now they're starting to, you know, get back in that groove and you can start putting them back as one of the top teams in the league. And of course, I just talked about Bartlett right now. They're up against Houston. Really impressive game right now for for Bartlett. 34 to 24. They're leading Houston, who's actually a lot of people's top team. Uh, Houston was, you know, had a huge game against Germantown, taking down the only, you know, the only team that actually lost, that actually beat Germantown. A really, really tough situation for Houston as they're down 10 points against Bartlett. Uh, and I didn't see this coming. You know, I really, really expected Houston to have a big game uh, tonight against Bartlett. You know, Bartlett's kind of slipped a little bit. They had two losses on their record, but it looks like they're going to improve tonight, beating not only Houston tonight, if they can pull this off, they'll also look, you know, to, you know, they they already added Germantown in their win, uh, in, you know, total. And then going down to Germantown and Collierville, perhaps one of the biggest games of the night. I talked actually to John Varlis earlier, and he told me he's at that game. You know, right now Collierville is leading twenty to six against Germantown, and I did not see that coming at all. You know, Germantown, uh, really, really. Really, not the the start that they've wanted as far as you know the big teams that they've I mean, they had a great start so far. Don't get me wrong, but you know they dropped it. You know they dropped against Houston, and now they're going to lose two in a row. It seems to Carville, and I'm actually you know quite surprised because you look at Carville. Uh, you know, actually, you know the Carville team. They they played a bunch of teams that you know we that I did consider you know not that impressive. You know, you look at all the teams that Collierville has played thus far in the season. Their six wins in a row have been against, you know, uh, Wooddale, who hasn't got a win. They're 0-6. Douglas, who's 1-5. White Station, who's 1-5. Center Hill, who's 1-4. Cordova, who's 1-4. And, and Whitehaven, who's 2-4. So, you know, you look at the teams that Collierville has won against. It's been against fairly easy teams. So to see them right now beating Germantown with only two minutes left in the game, that says a lot about Collierville. They've used these wins, and it, haven't, it hasn't looked like they've just kind of gone through the motions, beating easy teams and losing focus against the good teams. This is going to be the biggest win of their season. It says a lot about this Collierville team, and I think you have to start putting them in that top two category, I think, at this point. They're going to look to improve to 7-0 and uh, as well, um, along with Munford, who's also in the mix for that top seed uh, as well. So really impressive game so far for Collierville. And I want to jump down to North Point and St. George's. You know, North Point actually had a pretty good impressive year uh, so far. But they're down to St. George's, who has had a kind of a lackluster season themselves. So North Point is down against St. George's, 14-27. to Looking at Jackson Christian, they're playing Tipton Rosemark. Jackson Christian pulling away that win, 56-7. to And Tipton Rosemark, they haven't got a single uh, victory thus far in the season. Uh, and for North Delta and Oak Hill Academy, close game for them. Oak Hill Academy leading 21-20 to uh, right now in the game. Looking at win uh, in Arkansas, they're beating Southside 27-20. To 14 right now in the game, and then Whitehaven, who had kind of a rough start in the in, in you know has had a, a rough last couple games, I should say, after having a good start in the first part of the season. They're actually up against Arlington, 21 to three. So good on Whitehaven. They're trying to get back to their winning ways. 
They are a more than capable team as well. I saw that in the first two games of the season. They have kind of dipped just a little bit, but they are looking to pull away against Arlington. South Haven and Hernando, some Mississippi teams. Right now, South Haven is up against Hernando 14-0, and also some more Mississippi games, Tupelo and Oxford. Right now, Tupelo is taking that lead 35-0. Senatobia and Nettleton, right now Nettleton's up 7-0. And then Olive Branch and South Panola both tied at 14. Uh, Also looking at Overton and Dyer County. Overton right now is leading Dyer County 21-7. Really good for this Overton team. Uh, who's trying to get you know more wins under their record as well. And then I'm going to pivot a little bit to Sheffield and Memphis Business Academy. Sheffield is actually up 36-0. to zero. Uh, They've quietly been doing a little bit better in their season as well. And then DeSoto Central getting this score in. Right now they're up against Horn Lake 27-0 to zero, uh, currently. Of course, it's a DeSoto team that actually beat Briarcrest earlier this season. They're looking to get uh, tied their record. Uh, right now they're 2-3 and three after this win. Against Horn Lake, they'll look to be a three and three team. Brentwood and Christian Brothers again. This is a team that you know. This is a game that I kind of had circled on my calendar as well. Brentwood is a really great team against Memphis based teams. Of course, Brentwood has beat every single team they've played in Memphis three and zero. If they can pull this one off against Christian Brothers, and it looks like they will. They've played Briarcrest, Whitehaven, and Saint Benedict, so they look to get this win, and it'll be really big for Brentwood, who's been a really big team over there in Nashville. And I talked to Jackson Hammond and he told me, you know, he has really a lot of expectations for, for his Christian brothers, purple wave team. It looks like they're not going to pull away tonight though, against Brentwood. Of course, you can't blame him. Brentwood has been really impressive this season, especially against Memphis teams. Uh, East uh, Poinget is, is up against McCrory 42 to 22. Uh, looking at Trinity Christian, they're up 44 to zero against Harding Academy. So really big win right now for Trinity Christian. Uh, assuming they pull this one off, I don't see that they don't. And then also Benton and Marion. Right now, Benton is is winning 24-0 to against Marion. Uh, looking at Mumford, this is one of the best teams in the country for uh, in, in, in Memphis. And for a lot of people, the best team in Memphis. Marion, I'm sorry, Mumford, uh, they're undefeated still. They're actually up against Brighton, 52-7. to I kind of saw that win coming. You know, Brighton has not been an impressive team so far this season. And Mumford has been everything, uh, including impressive this season. Uh, and then looking at Bolivar Central, they're playing Bolton right now, and they're up 32-9 to nine, uh, currently uh, tonight. And then, you know, we're going to look at some of the next games in the schedule. I'm really, you, you know, you have Briarcrest who's going to be playing, uh, you know, Briarcrest is going to be playing Pure Academy. And I see that game going pretty pretty well for Briarcrest. And, of course, they're looking to get a lot of wins under their belt, assuming, you know, you know, Briarcrest losing a really big game tonight. And they've been losing a lot of really big games in general, which has just been really tough uh, for them. And this is something that Parker was saying earlier. He didn't see this coming for this season because this is a Briarcrest team that went 9-1 and in the regular season last season. And he was saying, you know, I'm a student, and this is kind of unfamiliar territory for me and for my classmates. It's not something that we're used to. They're usually used to getting, you know, a really great record, and it's just not been the season uh, that they've been looking at, you know, looking forward to. They're 3-4 and four in the season. Albeit it was a close game, they just weren't able to pull it. Uh, and that's just going to be tough for them. Some of the games that I do do want to highlight for next uh, Friday, you know, you have South Panola and South Haven, really good programs out there in, in Mississippi. They're going to be facing off. I'm going to circle that on my calendar, and I can't wait to talk about that one next week. Bartlett, they're going to be playing Cordova next week. Arlington and Germantown, they'll be playing. Mumford and Southwind, they'll be playing. That's going to be a big win because you look at Mumford, who's going to improve to 7-0 and after this victory tonight. And then Southwind, who's 7-1 right now. That's going to be a huge game, especially for Mumford, 
who's really looking to keep that top seed in the Memphis area, uh, you know, in their standings. And then Germantown's going to be playing Oxford uh, next week. Uh, White Station and Whitehaven, they'll be playing next week. So a lot of big key games uh, next week that we need to, you know, keep an eye on. But as for now, those are all the scores that we have from tonight. I'll keep you updated as, you know, the post-game show continues uh, because we're still getting some scores rolling in. And I think Germantown and Collierville should be close to being finished. And then as well as Houston and Barley, which are really big games uh, in the Memphis area. When we come back, I want to talk... Uh, to a couple guests, you know, I have a couple guests slated for the post game show. I'm going to be talking to Phil Glass a little bit early later in the show when we talk about some Memphis football. Uh, and then I think next segment, we're going to also talk to Frank Bonner, who is the Memphis football reporter and writer for the Daily Memphian. We're going to get his thoughts on Memphis Tigers' big game against Temple tomorrow uh, in the morning. We'll get all of those thoughts from Frank after this break here on the Mighty 990 post game show, uh, sponsored by EPM Appraisals. Now, back to the EPM Appraisals Postgame Show with Josh Rivera. Welcome to the postgame show here in the Mighty 990 Studios. This is the postgame show sponsored by EPM Appraisals. Uh, EPM Appraisals evaluating property in the Mid-South. And I just got done talking to you about some scores in high school football in the Memphis area. And uh, right now I'm going to you know switch a little bit to some Tiger football as the Tigers are going to be playing Temple Next, uh, tomorrow in the morning and I, right now on the phone with me I have Frank Bonner who is the Memphis football writer for the Daily Memphian and Frank I want to thank you for joining the show oh, no problem appreciate you guys having me on of course and I'm looking at the Tigers you know they have a three game winning streak for them uh, and I'm just curious to know you know they have they have uh, you know two more they have two more home games uh, now three what is that home you know being at home gonna is that gonna help the Tigers uh, yeah, if you look at their, their their track record over the last two years, um, you know, home games usually means victories for, for Memphis. So uh, having this this four-game home stretch and to this point, then being able to take care of business at home, I think it's huge for what that can do for the rest of the season if they can continue to, to play through this four-game home game stretch and, and continue to get wins. Yeah, you know, Temple, I'm looking at, you know, some of their stats. They've been one of the leaders uh, for sacks in the country. And, and you even wrote about it as well in one of your articles. And Memphis is looking at, you know, at, at, at potentially not having some of their offensive linemen uh, playing tomorrow, their day-to-day right now. How important is it for them to be on the field uh, ahead of the matchup? Oh, well, I think that's huge, especially when you're, you're going up against an aggressive defense like uh, like Temple, because um, it's not just that defensive line, right? I mean, they're... Um, one of their linebackers, I think he's the one who's who's leading the team in, in, in sacks. And so, um, you know, everybody on that field defensively for Temple is going to be aggressive trying to get in Seth Hennigan. Uh, and Memphis has given up, uh, you know, a few sacks um, to the, you know, uh, to, to different teams at this point in the season. So I think that is going to play a major role in how this offense kind of gets going after struggling a little bit against North Texas last week. Yeah, and you know, so far Memphis has actually been one of the top teams in the American Athletic Conference. They're three and one overall, and they're one and zero in the conference. And which other AAC team uh, do you think is the biggest threat for Memphis, or and definitely one of the top teams uh, in the conference? Well, um, you know, in terms of you know, I mean, obviously you you don't count out Cincinnati, but Cincinnati's on, now on their schedule ahead of the season. If you're looking, you know, before the season started, you know, it would have been Houston, right? In terms of the, the the team that's most dominant um, that you would expect to be most dominant that's on the Memphis schedule, but Houston has had a rocky start to the to the to the season. Tulane just beat them in overtime uh, just a few minutes ago, and so Tulane looks like um, 
they could be a really tricky uh, opponent for Memphis, and it looks like they could make some noise um, and rise up the standings um, in the AAC. They weren't they weren't projected to be anywhere near the top uh, in the preseason. Um, you know, they were near the bottom of the rankings preseason. Tulane was, but they, they're playing some really good football. So I keep my eyes on Tulane. Yeah, and, and speaking of, you know, we're going to be playing them tomorrow. I want to know your prediction. I mean, what do you see happening for the Tigers? Are they going to continue their winning streak? Uh, and, and where do you see the, this team going for the rest of the season? Yeah, um, I do think that, that Memphis is going to take care of business against Temple. Um, I know when they opened the spread, um, the spread was for Memphis to – to win by 20 points, and I think it ended up going down to 18.5. I don't know if Memphis is going to beat Temple by that much. I don't. I don't anticipate them to cover that spread. I do think it'll probably be, um, you know, anywhere from a seven to 14 point. You know, a 10 to 14 point game. I would probably say. Uh, but you know, to answer your second question about how far Memphis can go, it's it's that's still to be determined. Just because I don't, I don't know how consistent the run game is yet. Um, we know what to expect out of Seth Hennigan. Um, I think he's he's been really solid for Memphis, um, you know, from from the start of the season. But the run game, the last two weeks it has been better, and it's looking like they're finding their footing. But I still need to see another game or two to see what this run game can be consistently. And they, if they can get that run game going uh, to complement Seth's passing game, then I think Memphis – uh, could have a strong a strong year this year. Well, Frank, you know I'm I'm really happy to get your insight with this. Uh, definitely happy to talk some Tiger football with you. Thank you for joining the show, and I hope to, you know that I'll be able to speak with you, uh, uh, you know, soon. And and I hope you have a good time at the game. I know you got an early game. It's the game's at eleven. What time do you think you're going to show up? I'll probably get there. I like to get there around two hours early, so I'll get there at nine. I know it's an early game, but the the, the good part about that is I'll I'll be home in a decent hour to, uh, to catch <laughs> some of the uh, the rest of the the, the late night a college football game so you know it's 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 a trade-off there yeah exactly well hopefully you get to enjoy the rest of your saturday watching all the other college football games but thank you frank for joining the show and i hope to speak to you again soon all right y'all take care all right that was frank bonner he is the memphis football writer for the daily memphian he's been uh now twice on the show uh this season really happy to get his insight uh for some tiger football i'm gonna go back to some high school football in Memphis because I talked about this briefly in the halftime show and I wanted to just get more in depth a little bit for some of the players that really stuck out in, in, you know, for, for high school football. And then I'll talk about who actually won the high school football player of the week uh, for the daily uh, Memphian. And, and, you know, this is insight from John Varlis uh, who, who does a great job. And I think it's important that we highlight some of these really outstanding players. Cause there's some players here that play for teams that have kind of been overlooked a little bit. Uh, but, you know, the players themselves have been really great. And Aiden Glover, by the way, who's actually one of the players, give you an update on Aiden Glover. He was actually injured uh, tonight. You know, he's the quarterback for Collierville. He hurt his foot, uh, his ankle rather, and he's actually been out for most, if not the rest of the game since his injury. And so far, Logan, uh, you know, Jones is act- Logan Johns has actually subbed in for him. So we'll get, when we get more information, I'll talk to, you know, John this weekend and see any if we have any updates on Aiden and, and, and share that with you next week but right now Aiden Glover is actually injured uh with a foot injury but he actually did had a great you know game last week and he's actually one of the top uh players who didn't win you know player of the week 
but it's outstanding because he shined, you know, for the Dragons who are now uh, who were six and zero at the time. They won uh, sixteen straight regular season games, now seventeen, and now they're seven and zero. You know, they had a big win last week, and in that game, Aiden Glover he actually completed eighteen out of twenty four passes for two hundred thirty yards. Three touchdowns. Really impressive game by Aiden Glover, who's actually made a case as one of the best young players uh, in the high school in, in Memphis area. And then also Jack Patterson for North Point. Again, this is one of those teams, North Point, that hasn't really been talked about a whole lot, but have actually snuck in a lot of people as, as, as one of the better teams in Memphis. Unfortunately, you know, as I'm speaking, they're losing to St. George's, but, you know, as of last week, they were really, really good. Jack Patterson had a great game for them last week. He, he put really big numbers for them. He finished with 17 for 27 completions, 285 yards, three touchdowns, of course, winning 28 to 14. And then, of course, Braxton Sharp Mumford. I'm actually going to give a, a report that I'm seeing right now. Uh, saw this tweet that, you know, Mumford is actually beating <laughs> Brighton 60 to 7. And, of course, this is a Mumford team that has been one of the best teams, if not the best teams, best team in Memphis for a lot of people. And, of course, capitalizing on that statement, up 50 Three points against Brighton. That score is 60 to 7. You know, what is the point at that point? You know, let the clock run, and it seems like the, that game is already over with uh, the final score 60 to 7. Mumford taking home that victory. And one of those players that played for Mumford was, uh, you know, Braxton Sharp. He had a great night last week against Dyer County when they beat them 54 to 31. And he rushed for 241 yards. He had 23 carries, and he scored four touchdowns for three straight. Uh, now four straight for Mumford as the best team for the Daily Memphian and for a lot of people too. So great job from Braxton Sharp. Uh, and then I want to get into who actually won the standout. And this was from the key game, one of the key games from last week when Houston actually got the really big victory uh, against Germantown and they rode on Damon Cisa's shoulders. Damon Cisa, he's just a junior in, high, in Houston and he basically ran away with this award beating the top team uh, for a lot of people last week, you know, Germantown obviously being one of the premier teams in high school football. And Damon Cisa, he had 38 carries, which was the most for an area player this season. He finished with 234 yards, four touchdowns, you know, improving the Mustangs to 5-1 and one at the time. And they were basically, you know, they're undefeated in their region play. So really, really great things for, for Damon Cisa this season. He already won his first player of the week. Uh, but unfortunately, Houston is actually down to Bartlett 24-34. to So, you know, it is tough for Houston because it seems like they keep nudging themselves to the top spot and then kind of falling back a little. And they had a huge win last week. And now, as I just said, they kind of fell a little bit losing to Bartlett tonight or losing to Bartlett tonight. Uh, it seems like game is almost over. So congratulations to Damon Cisa. I just wanted to give, you know, you guys a little bit of an update on some of the players that really stood out last week and, and got that uh, player of the week, uh, um, you know, consideration. And of course, for Damon Cisa, he won that player of the week. And guys, when we come back, I'm, I'm going to talk to Phil Glass. He's the ultimate Tiger. He's part of the Highland 100. I'm excited to talk to him about some Tiger football as well as they face off against Temple tomorrow morning. We'll get all of his thoughts when we come back. And then also, we're going to talk a little bit more about some Tigers news. Of course, we have, you know, the the, the news that, you know, Penny Hardaway has not been uh, banned, has not been fired or suspended. And of course, the postseason play for the Tigers has not been banned. That's probably the biggest news coming out of the Tigers. And I'll just share a little bit about that in case you haven't heard. And then finally kick off, you know, the rest of, of the show, finish off with some final scores again as they're coming in. We'll have all of that, guys, when we come back with this commercial break. This is the post game show sponsored by EPM Appraisals here on the Mighty 990. 
Now, back to the EPM Appraisals Post Game Show with Josh Rivera. Welcome back here to the post game show in the Mighty 990 Studios. This is the post game show sponsored by EPM Appraisals, evaluating property in the Mid South. And just to recap the final score for tonight's game for Briarcrest, they lost to MUS 17 and 19. We're going to go back to the phone lines where we have Phil, who is actually came to me before. He's been on the show before, and I'm excited to have him back. Phil, uh, thank you for joining the show. Hey, I'm g- glad to be here. Yeah, and you're part of the Highland 100. You are the ultimate Tiger. And so I want to get your, your your take on some of these questions that I have. Three games in a row for the Tigers, which means three straight home games for you. How has it been getting to be in you know friendly territory, especially you know when you're quite a notable Tiger fan? I mean, it, you know, it, it's always fun to be at home. Uh, you know, Tigers. I mean, the past few years, we just have had their addition of a success at, at the Liberty Bowl, at Simmons Liberty Bowl, and. and uh, you know, to be there, to be with the Tiger family, it, it always makes game day a little more fun. Yeah, you know, Tigers are actually 3-1. and one. Is this what you saw coming for the season, or have you been kind of impressed with, with the good start so far? Uh, you know, being out of practices, watching some of the recruits, I mean, I'm not surprised. Uh, but, you know, I still know that, you know, we're in a conference that is there. We have very few gimme games in front of us, including tomorrow. Uh, Tigers going to have to play, you know, uh, their A game, uh, especially through our conference to, to keep this up. But they do have it in them to do it. I, I'm confident they can do it. You know, we are plagued by some injuries on the offensive line. But, uh, you know, we, we've got a great quarterback. Our defense is really starting to shine, something we haven't been able to talk about in, in several seasons. Uh, last week they were very impressive. And so, you know, uh, I, I still believe in them. I, I think we can uh, – you know, um, make a good showing in the conference by the end of this year. Yeah, and, you know, you actually, I mentioned earlier, you're one of the premier notable Tiger fans. And for those that don't know, you are the ultimate Tiger. And I learned about this only a couple months ago, back when you came for the Chet and Sherry show, and I met you, and they told me, you're the ultimate Tiger, and I looked you up, and, man, I got to tell you, your getup is extremely cool. And I want the listeners, <laughs> I want the listeners to kind of get an idea. And you can just give me the elevator speech. You don't have to go, you know, super, super long into detail. But I want to know a little bit about your story on on how the Ultimate Tiger began with your really cool suit. Uh, well, it began with uh, the Tiger football program becoming successful back in 2015. Uh, we were underdogs playing the uh, Ole Miss at home. Um, it started with the mask I wore it. It was just kind of a fluke thing. Wore it, kind of made a vow. Uh, I'd always wear the mask as a good luck charm after we beat Ole Miss. Uh, not, not just beat them, but, but put a, a pretty, uh, good beating on them that day. And, uh, and the outfit has just kind of developed. And for me, I remember a local, you know, Lev is known around in Memphis, the medicine man and the kids looking up and the excitement he put on. And just, I do it for the kids, to be honest with you, you know, and, and try to create uh, other fans and these, these young people, uh, just be that wild, crazy guy. And, uh, you know, uh, it's just something about putting on the mask. You you can act wild and crazy and, 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 and be different. <laughs> and so it's just fun have people look for me being there and being on the jumbotron every third down when we're on defense, um, you know, and so I, I just take and run with it. Well, Phil, you got to be honest with me. How hot does it get in that suit when you go to those early, you know, August games? I can't imagine how hot it must be. <laughs> it, it, it does get hot. Uh, it is a challenge. Uh, I've learned learned to live with it. Uh, 
you know, I, I actually have some secrets. I, I, do, I have developed the mask over the years, gotten smarter, uh, got ways where I can put little ice packs and stuff up in there if I need to. But it, it can be a challenge from game to game. You, know, you guys have an early game tomorrow, uh, you know, in the morning. And what time do you plan on getting to the tailgate? And also, how long does it take to put on the whole suit? Suit, I've got it down to an art. 10, 15 minutes. Uh, oh. It shocked most folks, but, I, but I've, I've got it down to, to an art. Uh, I'll be there. I'm always there. I, it doesn't matter. We play at 11 o'clock or 6 o'clock at night. I'll be there by 6, 6.30 in the morning uh, with game days, especially home game days. Uh, myself, my family, our, my tailgating family, we, we we make a day of it. And so I'll be there bright and early regardless. Uh, you know, a lot of our fans don't like the early games, but uh, we we have a, a solid record with 11 o'clock games. So I'm just hoping that will play to our advantage tomorrow. I love that. And, you know, make sure you get some rest. And you said you're going to be there really early. What are you doing on the show? You get some sleep. You know, you got to be up early and get that suit on. <laughs> I, I, I'll i be there and look forward to it and uh, go Tigers. Go Tigers. All right. Thank you, Phil, for joining the show, and I hope to speak to you soon. All right. Thanks, sir. Bye-bye. All right. That was Phil Glass. He is the ultimate Tiger, and he's also part of the Highland 100 Booster Club. Really great organization for the Memphis Tigers. I'm going to finish the post-game show here in the Mighty 990 Studios, just talking about a little bit about some more Memphis Tigers news. Uh, some, you know, some basketball news, and not necessarily about basketball, but more so about the program in itself. And earlier, we reported here in the Mighty 990 uh, Studios that that we had a story up actually on our site right now that you can read as well. That you know, Penny Hardaway will be not will not be suspended. He will not be fired, uh, and that the Tigers will actually not be having a postseason ban, which is really big for the program. Quite su- quite surprising and kind of. Good news for the program, of course, this all has to do with, you know, the violations that was broken, which included James Wiseman, uh, you know, getting some uh, financial payment to come play for Penny back in East High School. So really big news. The only the only the only thing that the consequences that the Tigers are going to have is a five thousand dollar fine, three years of probation uh, and basically just. vacating the three games that James Wiseman played for the Tigers. Again, he only played three games, so it's not a really big thing when you think about it. I think, you know, the Tigers definitely got away with a slap on the wrist. Also have some surprising news that I didn't know until this week kind of surprised me. Uh, You know, I learned about it last night as I was, you know, going through the news and the rundown. Did you know that Memphis Madness is actually being replaced this year? This is the 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 thing that you know fans look for forward to every year, where they have you know the you know showcasing of the players, and it's always a really good time. But they're going to be replacing it uh, with a pep rally uh, uh, instead. And so what they're going to do is actually they're going to rebrand it as a block party, and it's going to highlight the men's and women's as usual. And it's going to be an on-campus celebration uh, at the University of Memphis. And this time it's going to be a lot earlier in the day, just 3 to 5.30. And this time it'll be on Saturday, October the 15th. It's actually going to be the first time since 2017 where Memphis Madness wasn't held. Uh, and, And, of course, this, of course, was because they were trying to find ideas, some fresh ideas to move away from Memphis Madness. Uh, uh, and now here we go. This is going to be the first one where, where they will be replaced. It's going to be a block party over there at the U of M campus. Uh, and so if you're a Memphis fan, if you're actually a, a student there as I was, uh, unfortunately there won't be Memphis madness, but you can look forward to a block party, uh, later in October to cheer on your Memphis Tigers, uh, basketball. And you know, it's crazy. We have basketball coming up in just a little bit. You know, football season is already starting to come to an end, especially for high school football. We're already in week seven and already looking at week eight 
next week. Uh, and so let's go into some final scores before the show ends. I definitely want to make sure that you uh, are updated on some of the big games in the Memphis area. Lausanne taking home a victory against ECS 37-7. to You have Central and Kingsbury right now. Central, they're taking that win 49-0. to uh, to zero. Houston and Bartlett, it seems like Bartlett's going to run away with this victory, which is going to be huge for Bartlett in the standings as they progress as a top uh, uh, five team in Memphis. Uh, they're up against Houston 34-24. to And then Germantown and Collierville, this is a game that I did not see coming uh, for Germantown. I actually predicted that uh, Germantown was going to win this game. But Collierville, it looks like they're running away with this victory. Uh, last time I checked, you know, yeah, the tweets are coming in for Collierville. Really impressive game for them, and they're going to take away that victory. Uh, they're going to take away that victory, twenty to six. Really big things coming uh, for Collierville is now their 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 record is seven and zero uh, in the season, uh, and it's going to be really interesting doing that top ten ranking uh, for Memphis uh, high school football. Uh, some last minute, uh, some last scores coming in as well. Uh, you know, we have Mumford and Brighton uh, just came out a couple of minutes ago that they won that game by a surprising 60 to 7 victory. So good on Mumford. They're going to prove their record. Uh, really, really great for that organization over there uh, in, in, in northern Tennessee. And, and also we have Brentwood and Christian Brothers High School. Brentwood is up against Christian Brothers 45 to 9, which is really surprising because I thought, you know, Christian Brothers had more of a chance. Brentwood, though, ha- you can't blame them. They've been a really impressive team this season so far so really big for them i'm really happy uh that you know you know the brentwood is gonna is gonna is now undefeated still against memphis base teams uh in high school football uh, also some you know mississippi games olive branch and south panola they're tied 14 of 14 uh and then also have uh you know uh, Sanatobia and Nettleton. Right now, Nettleton taking uh, that lead 7-0. to zero. Covington, they're coming back from their bye week. Uh, they've had a really good uh, season so far, and they're going to be improving to 5-1 and one after leading against Dyersburg. Again, Covington, they had a bye week last week, so really impressive for them being able to rally back from, uh, from, from you know, just having a week off, which is great for them. Melrose and Craigmont, again, this is a game that I wanted to finish the night with. These are really impressive teams that actually have a big improvement from last season. Melrose improving uh, to five and one in Craigmont. They're going to drop down to six and one. Still great season for both. And excited to come uh, to talk to you about more high school football uh, as next week comes in week eight. Can you believe it? Week eight already inching closer to the playoffs. But guys, this has been uh, all of the post game show here in the Mighty 990 Studios. Uh, this is the post game show by EPM Appraisals, evaluating property in the Mid South. We'll see you next week as the Briarcrest Saints. Look to get back to the winning column to even the record when they play Pure Academy. We'll have all of that next week starting at 6.30, same time, 7 o'clock kickoff. We'll see you next week, guys, here in the Mighty 990 studios. Have a great night, everybody.